investment has been paid for by the New World Order. You are, you are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Congratulations. You played yourself. Who's back every Sunday, 10 o'clock? I'm Leo. That's Mario. No? Is it really 10 o'clock? Eh, we put, it's 10 51. It's still considered 10 o'clock. I am the heel, 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 Morning, guys. What's going on, brother? <laughs> Not what? much, man. Not much. Another Sunday. Sunday, Monday. episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. Lucha Outsider. <laughs> Another week for me to learn English. Abla. <laughs> Listen, Ryan's ready. Ryan is He's ready. ready. So He's ready. He's ready. He's ready. So, I'm ready. So before we start with Ryan's Spanish word or phrase of the day, give me a second. There it is. Hashtag it's Red Bull time. It is Red Bull time. What's up, Leo? What's going on, guys? It's Sunday. It's 10.52 in the morning. We got people here watching us. What up to Jose from the Regans of Wrestling? What up to Danielle from the Heel Marks? And what up to everybody that's there with us on Facebook? That's for you non-habla espanols, Facebook. Ryan, what's going on, man? (laughs) Not much, dude. Not much. Uh been quite the week so uh ready to come on here and shoot the shit as always all right leo uh, you got that um the spanish word yeah or but, phrase of the day by the way i like when you're doing the intro that ryan does the little like like finger guns the pointing guns that's good mm-hmm. i like it I like well, it. I mean, it's, it's classic finn balor man <laughs> he's a straight, yeah, I'm a straight shooter so i got that from, straight shooter from on twitter he He's uh, resurrected the uh, Lucha Outsider Show Twitter <laughs> listen, account. Listen, listen, I, I I use Finn Balor's this, and then I use Eli Drake. I'm not going to call him L.A. Knight. L.O.C. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the analyst of the L.O.C. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Go. So we're going to debut a little segment now that we're going to start to do. Um, since Ryan is with two Habla Espanols, uh, we're going to start giving him a phrase every week. Um <laughs> <laughs> Mario already gave you one. So well, this we've been, week, well, we've been doing it in recent weeks, but yeah. now we're actually gonna have someone else actually do the gimmick for us. Yes, and and yeah. it's gonna be in Espanol. Thank you to Vicky from Futboleo Colombiano for those who know habla Espanol is uh, Colombian football. Um, so here she is, di- directamente, directly from a uh, Colombia. Ryan, you ready? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
We'll see. Okay. It's been pretty easy in, in past weeks, but now we're up in the ante a little bit. Cause I feel getting... like Ryan, Ryan's a little bit nervous. Yes. Right yes a little I bit. Think... I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You got this. You got this, Ryan. Ready? So I have to say well, it. As... Yeah, yeah. You're going to hear like her say her. it. Yeah, you're going to hear her say it. And then when she says palabra, I'm going to say go. And that's the word you got to say. It's after. Hey, but, but, okay, but, but before, the, it, I can understand why Ryan is a little bit of... <laughs> nervous with this one for many different reasons so what we, what we should do is yes we should play the clip yes and the, and then maybe leo you give him a little ump like, okay say okay the word too so then ryan can say it. let's do I it. like that i let's like that do it. so here's right. here's vicky dale hola amigos de lucha outsiders soy vicky y el reto del día de hoy es la palabra cachetadón cachetadón <laughs> So she said the word is cachetadón. Cachetadón. That's close. That's close. That wasn't bad for a first try. That wasn't bad. I expect a lot worse. I had to do the thing with 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 my tongue that she does like that day I bet I bet I bet you want to do the thing that she does with her tongue. Oh, what are you implying, man? This is PG, bro. PG, keep it PG. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Mr. Rated R, so come on. There you go. Let's try it again. She's gonna say the word again. So let's see, Ryan. Cachetadón. 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 Right? Cachetadón. Cachetadón. That's close. That's, that's what close. it sounds like to me. Cachetadón. 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 Now, okay, Leo. Now, now, what's the actual word you say? Okay, the word is ca che ta don So. ca che do Ta-ta-don. Ta-ta-don. That's close enough. Basically, what that long-ass word is, is for slap. That's all it is. It's slap. So we want to hear you guys on the chat. See if you guys also tried it. Cachetadón is the word, the Spanish word of the week. By the notice that I'm Spanish and I'm no, no, you you didn't even try. You didn't even try. You were like, I'm Spanish. You don't want to butcher it. You don't want to embarrass. Hey, look, I said it. Cachetadón. There you go. There you go. See, but thank you to Vicky to sending that video in. You guys can also try it. Thank you. We're gonna take a different word that has to do with wrestling every week and you know we get to learn a little bit just put it this way when jericho went to mexico to learn how to lucha when he was 19 years old he had to learn what cachetadón was because if not he was getting punched so there you go let's go baby all right so we laughed a little bit on the start of the show i think it was pretty funny (laughs) now we're not gonna laugh so (sighs) we gotta talk about mark Fuck that! oh oh, i'm I'm a laugh bro i'm I'm laughing we well, we're gonna laugh at him, but man, dude. So first off, for those that don't know who Mark Carano is, he pretty much is, and here's another Spanish word, lambón yes. of Vince McMahon. He's as, pretty much a cocksucker of Vince. All right, mm-hmm. he's uh, one of his little trolls, one of his little moles. Um, I didn't know who my like. I've heard of the name Mark Carano, but I first got like really introduced to the guy. Watching on Total Divas. Yes. And the yeah. second I saw him on Total Divas, I was like, yo, this guy looks like such a fucking creep. Instantly, <laughs> I got that vibe from him. I'm like, yo, this guy looks like such a fucking creep. That's a lot of hugs there, Carano. <laughs> so, so, news comes out this week. Mickey James posts this uh, tweet 
saying, dear Vince McMahon, at Vince McMahon, like Vince looks at his Twitter and goes like, I'm not sure if you're aware, <laughs> right, but I didn't see my WWE care package today. Thank you. Always blessed and grateful. Women's Wrestling Matters. And it's a bag, trash bag, with a post-it on it that said Mickey on it. So I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. this is like a first ballot Hall of Famer caliber of a performer, right? And you send their shit in a trash bag. By so the way, by the way, oh, if, if you if you put Mickey James garbage bag, that is the first picture that comes up. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, so it's pretty ahead. sad, bro. Yeah, so I then know. All these tweets starts coming out. First of all, it starts trending everywhere. All these tweets start coming out saying, like uh, John Lauren Lightis was one saying, like upon learning the disrespect treatment of some of our recent re uh, released talent, we took immediate action. The person responsible for this inconsiderate action has been fired. Then Triple H sent out a tweet saying, upon learning the disrespectful treatment of some of our recent release town received on behalf of the company, we took immediate action. The person responsible to this uh, inconsiderate action has been fired no longer with the WWE. So that was very similar to what John Laurinaitis tweeted. Yeah. A couple words are a little bit different. Stephanie McMahon actually added uh, Mickey James saying, I am embarrassed. I am I am embarrassed you or anyone else who would uh, be treated this way. I apologize personally on behalf of WWE. Uh, the person responsible in, is no longer with our company. Um, there was some shakeups. There were some releases. There was some moving <clears throat> of the guard um, when mm -hmm. it comes to, um, I guess, a business standpoint. I guess when it comes to talent relations and stuff, there were some uh, firings, some people got let go, et cetera. And then one of the big names that, that got let go was Mark Carano. And then people started putting two and two together, yeah. saying Mark Carano was responsible for this. And then some people started coming out, like a Gail Kim, like um, Fred Rosser, which was formerly Darren Young, mm -hmm. Jillian Hall, which um, I'm surprised she came. This is going, Jillian Hall yeah. has been with the WWE you know, since 10 years ago. Um, all these people started coming out saying, like, hey, this is something that's been a thing. So we can't even use, like, Oh, the reason we sent your shit on the trash bag is because of the pandemic or whatever. Yeah, like, no, we no. can't even use that excuse because this has been going on for years. By the way, Brian Sendek on the chat saying, Carano is the biggest two bag I ever met. Philadelphia Royal Rumble weekend 2018. Met him in the Talent Hotel. Couldn't have been a bigger dick. Ryan knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I do. Ryan I knows. do. I was there with him. Yeah, he, he was a douche, man. He was a uh, complete. He, he just. Uh, he just comes off as so unlikable. It's uh, it's not even funny. And you can literally just tell, like you said, Mario, from Total Divas, and which is where I think everybody saw firsthand what he's like. And that mm -hmm. right, wasn't for show. Like, I know that show is scripted and stuff like that. But how he was on that show, seriously, I'm sure is how he is in yeah. real life. And um, I can't believe he has been employed for as yep. long as he has been. And the fact that this has been going on for years and it took for somebody like Mickey James to be the only one to actually, I guess, have the balls to tweet it out. Right. And then Triple H, Steph, and, and the company, then they take you know uh, notice of it and then they do something about it. Um, it's sad, but I will say that I'm glad that they did. I love how Triple H and Stephanie put out statements uh, Vince, I'm not going to totally annihilate Vince because I know he's not on Twitter. Probably doesn't even know how to use the freaking thing. Um, so Triple H and Stephanie, that's where they come into <laughs> play. But good on Twitter. them for taking action because this isn't the first time that WWE has been in the news for negative things like this that happens with released talent or how they treat talent. Yeah. And finally, 
finally they have done something about it and i'm glad that they did so kudos to them for for doing that um you know they got a lot of backlash from it literally everybody was quote tweeting that mickey james tweet and just going off about how embarrassing disrespectful it was that they treat somebody uh like mickey that way and um i'm glad they did something about it i'm glad that loser is out of there because he's just seemed like he was just a terrible terrible human being and um you know, Darren Young, like you just said, Fred Rosser, yeah. he said he was harassed by this guy for years, you know? I mean, this that's just, I mean, come on. So I'm glad he's gone, glad he's out, and, um, you know, like I said, good on WWE, man. Kudos to them, because you know, we're, we're WWE fans to, despite, you know, how the company operates, we know how they operate, but we still watch, we still support, we still love. You don't right. want to see the company, like, treat talent this way. So, when they put out that statement, I was, I was proud to be a fan, and I was like, wow. Like good, like thank God. A couple more things uh, about this, and then we'll move on to something else. So, um, about some of these tweets, like Triple H and John Laurinaitis and Stephanie McMahon, like reacting to it and commenting about tweeting about you know what happened with this incident with the with the trash bag, or whatever. Did you see CM Punk? That how, he, how he retweeted yeah, Triple yeah. H and was like, we was just like he did the uh, the dude uh, conceded from while and out with the face like. Like yeah. really, because like, really? at first, at first, when Triple H put out that statement, a lot of people were like, "All right, I call bullshit on this." He's probably right. just addressing it just to kind of get out of the negative light. But then when it comes out that they actually did like fire Carano, a lot of people, people are like, "Wow!" But he wasn't bullshitting, you know. Well, another thing on on this douchebag Carano was, like I said, like I'm just not. You know why I don't like this dude? Besides yeah. on how much of a douche he seemed like on Total Divas, he seems like this type of guy, and, and like I don't want to make this like a. Especially on the how like the political climate is now, so I don't really want to like bring this up, but I guess this is a pretty good comparison. He seems like a guy like that got picked on like in high school, whatever. Kind of like in in many cases, how some cops they get picked on all their life and then they become a cop and they get kind of like power. Uh, they get like mm-hmm. this power yeah, hungry yeah, yeah. type thing and they use the power trip. Yeah, there you go. That's what Mark Carano seems like. He seems like a guy that got fucking picked on in school, whatever. And now he's like in the higher power and feels like he could do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Um, that's the type of guy he seems. But it's like, dude, do you know who you work with? Like, yo, these wrestlers will fuck you up. <laughs> like, yo, dude, you know? easily, man. Yeah, if given the opportunity, I'm sure I, w- I would pay to see a lot of them. Oh, uh, my you God. Know, give I, them would, a I, would, I would pay. I would pay to see that, too. Um uh, apparently, one of his ex girlfriends came out and said that yeah, this guy's been stealing like legit championships from the WWE and has it under his bed or something, which I find very weird. <laughs> this is listen, but this is all on the WWE though for employing this guy for as long as they did. Like I said before, like the fact that he had this job for as long as he did and treated talent this way. I mean, now they do something about it. Like I said, good on them for doing something about it. But man, like this this dude got away with so much crap yeah. over the years, man. Like. He should have been gone a while ago. So right. it's just, I mean, hey, luckily, th- um, thank you, Mickey James, for getting this asshole fired because, you know, if, if it wasn't for that tweet, he probably still would have been there. And that's sad. Lastly, on Mickey James, and for those that are saying like, oh, Mickey James, she's just coming off like a snob. Go fuck yourself, all right? She's not coming off as a snob at all. If anything, it just shows how classy she is because she did post out an updated tweet uh, recently. And this is what she said. I would like to address this one last time, and then we'll call. We'll can all move on. I have so many amazing things on the horizon. The last thing I desire 
is to have uh, any tainted with ugliness and negativity. I take zero pride or joy in fact that someone will lose their job ever, especially someone I considered a friend. I am confident that Vince and the McMahons had no idea that this is how we were sent. Uh, packing, uh, packing. Uh, it hurt a fragile me much more 10 years ago when my belongings arrived to my doorstep because WWE was my everything. I've grown as a woman and a person as much as we all have in this business. I am stronger today than I ever been. And smart enough to know that it wasn't a deliberate attack on me. However, the symbolism cannot be denied. I'm sorry that the thoughtless and tone-deaf act will cost anyone their job, but I am not sorry that I had the curse to ensure that it will never happen to anyone else moving forward. So if that's my final mark in this company moving forward, I'm okay with that. When I first started in this business, one of the best pieces of advice I received was just leave the business better than you found the kid. And that has always been my ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. I love you all so much. I'm legitimately grateful for my time in the WWE throughout my whole career. And I'm looking forward to everything that I do next. I truly hope uh, you are too. And perhaps you will join me. Sincerely, humbly yours, Mickey Larry James Aldis. Now, talk about a class yeah. act right there. Yeah. 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 I, I, I've. I've always been a huge fan of Mickey James, man. Me too. I, 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 well, she was my biggest crush as as a kid when I grew up watching this. Sorry. I've always been a huge fan of her, and that just goes to show the type of human being she is. So kudos to her. And the next time we see her in the WWE, I hope it's for the Hall of Fame inductee uh, induction. Because other than that, I just obviously I don't think she's having another run there. But um, man, I'm, I'm trying to see her in one of these uh, autograph signings. That's what I'm trying to see, Mickey James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, man. At the wrestling universe or something like that. Yeah, that's um, what I'm trying to see. Hey, maybe we get like a package deal, like Mick Aldis and Mickey James. No, oh, that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hey, yeah. who knows? Who knows what she's gonna do next? But whatever she does, she's gonna kill it. So. Yeah, bro. That I I'm very hopeful on that too. All right, enough of this fucking peckerhead, Mark Carano. By the way, <laughs> he's definitely making our our list on congratulations. You played yourself of 2021. Oh. He, right <laughs> now he's on running like in the it's... in the top five spots. Like yeah. he's up there. He's pretty yeah, up there. He's way, way up there. Yeah, he's up there. <laughs> well, we'll break down that list at the end of the year. All right, dude. Let's talk about some other controversial stuff that happened this week. Uh, let's talk about this whole Charlotte Flair, Dave Meltzer stuff. Listen, um, I'm not gonna say I'm the biggest Meltzer guy, because I'm not. I do have my critiques on the guy. But um, in this specific case, man, and listen, I I'll I'll also say at times, I'm all for the Meltzer bashing. At times when he deserves it. But in this specific case, I can't even say he said anything wrong. Uh, Leo, do you got that clip uh, loaded and ready yeah. to go? Yeah, hold on. Espérate. Dale. Uh, play the clip. Charlotte. Yeah, so she's the suspension is, is a cover reason because she's having uh, dental work done. So she's just having a complete makeover, you know. And, you know, that's just basically what's happened. So... It's one of those things um, with, you know, they they make you real subconscious about your looks when you're a woman in, in wrestling. And it's just one of the the negatives about it, but it's a reality of it. And so, um, but that's that's why she's going to be out. That's why she was suspended. Okay. I don't see anything wrong with that. So, so <laughs> I, I'll get Ryan's opinion on it. But, like, me hearing that for the first time, when it first, like, it kind of went over my head, and then when all this backlash started coming out on it, I'm like, but the way I took it, and maybe this is, I guess, like, trying to, like, look at both sides here. Maybe this is just the guy thing. But for me, when he said that, when he said, oh, he's, she's getting some dental work done, um, 
she's getting a complete makeover. I took that as he he was just specifically talking about her teeth. Like yeah. I didn't take it as anything else, like with her body or nothing like that. I just took it as like she's getting a makeover done on her teeth, which yeah, yeah. a lot of people do that. You know, R- like wrong. Roman Reigns got a new grill. And exactly. um I guess if you wanna kinda like make the argument maybe you could say like oh but then he was talking about like oh wwe you know kind of like body not body shaming but you know like being like extra when it comes to physique but but he didn't but he didn't go into detail like oh he's she's getting this done or getting that done all all he said was he's getting she's getting dental work you know complete makeover i was just i took that as like he's talking about like her mouth like her teeth like i didn't think anything much of it um I, i like like i said like i'm all for Meltzer sometimes getting bashed but at this one, I don't think he said anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, me neither, dude. I mean, uh, you know, people take things to heart. People literally blow things out of proportion all the time. And I think it's just because this isn't the first time he said something along the lines of this uh, regarding women. He said something a couple of years ago about somebody that came up from Peyton NXT. Royce. Yeah, Peyton Royce. Yeah, yeah. and um, and that that was bad. That was bad. So like, I just feel like he, he has kind of created this reputation of talking about women in this kind of way that like anything he says that could be twisted is going to be. And this is just an example of that. And, you know, if, if you're Charlotte, I mean, yeah, OK, I kind of understand it. Maybe if she feels some type of way about it, because only she really knows what she's doing to herself or, you know, whatever surgeries or uh, anything that she's getting, you know, um, you know, enhanced per se, but right. that's her business. Um, but obviously, like, she didn't deny that she was getting dental work, right? So he was he was he was spot on about that, apparently. Um, but maybe she just doesn't appreciate him talking about her in the in that way when she feels like he really doesn't know what's going on uh, privately behind the scenes. So, but yeah, as far as what he said, I don't. I don't see why it's a big deal. Um, you know, people will find things to shit on Meltzer for. And like you said, he deserves it sometimes. Uh, you know, he could come off as, you know, like, just what, dude, like, why did you say that? You know, or, or like, right, he could have right. said that differently. Um, but in this case, it doesn't really bother me. Right. You know, I don't right. really think twice about it either. Like you said. Yeah, until, me either. Sorry. It went over my head the first time until people started making a big deal about it. And then yeah. when I went back to listen to him, I'm like, but he didn't really say anything wrong. And like I said, the way I took it was, he was just talking about her grill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when she came out publicly about it and just kind of shit all over him, then I was like, okay, well, I guess like this <laughs> turned out to be a bigger deal than it, it should have been. And then Andrade, I love Andrade, yeah. man. He I, so the, I got both. Um, so Charlotte goes, tweeted out, yeah, listen, I thought Dave Meltzer would have learned his lesson last time commenting about women's bodies, but apparently I'm fair game. So I get to respond again to the rumor about my body again. You know what? This is when I stop. Dave, go to hell. So <laughs> Andrade then responds, right? You know, because uh, we know they're a thing. And uh, they are. He po- huh. You know, he posted a picture, mm-hmm. uh, a couple pictures of Charlotte. Um, and he tweeted, workout, diet, facials. I show them without filters and without makeup what my fiance Charlotte looks like. And for all those people who comment that she says she's done 10 Hundred thousand surgeries, just one. Please stop talking shit. And he added Dave Meltzer. So I mean, I I, I get you know now now just reading that tweet from Andrade, I, I kind of feel like maybe this is um 
less about Meltzer and this is more of people harassing Charlotte. Yeah. On like yeah. all these surgeries, um, mm -hmm. surgeries or whatever that she's gotten done or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Meltzer was the, you know, the, what bro broke the camel's back and Meltzer's the one that just got, you know what? I'm about to fucking light your ass up. That's what yeah. it seems like. And also too, when, when he, when he says in that clip, like, uh, when you're a woman in wrestling, they make you feel subconscious about yourself or whatever. Like, is he really wrong about that? Because no. why do all these women get, you know, enhancements then? Why do they get all this work done? You know, they're portrayed on TV as like, you know, they should come off as looking good. Right. So like, like, is he really wrong in that? Like, I know people don't want to hear him say that, especially somebody like Charlotte. But like, I don't know, man, like without trying to stir the pot or, or, or start right, any right, controversy, right. like he's not really wrong. If he was, then you wouldn't see people like Charlotte and Alexa Bliss, for example, getting, you know, enhancements done. So, you know, this is just Dave Meltzer for you. People don't like him to begin with. They, they try and, you know, go at him for anything that they can. And I think you're spot on when when you said that it's just more about people coming at Charlotte. That, right. You know, they both feel like Andrade and Charlotte have to go out and address this situation. And uh, my, my favorite thing about that Andrade tweet, besides the pictures that he posted, is Pecker <laughs> heads in the comments. One guy, oh. goes, one guy goes, fiance, question mark. Congratulations. Like, dude, have you been living under a rock for the yes. past year? And yes. Like, they, they, they dude, live like, in their parents' basement. I just couldn't be out of touch. But it's, you know. But yeah, the, the comments in general, they're pretty entertaining. And um, yeah, you man, know, Meltzer I, I just continues to be in the news for, for, for negative stuff. It's, you, you, know. you mentioned you mentioned the Packerheads, and you know what you know what bugged me this week? I don't know if you noticed, but like people were coming at Caleb Braxton on fr on, on Friday because she looked darker because she was at, she was in Hawaii. Um so she got like a really you could tell it was like she got like a really crisp tan or whatever and people were coming at her saying like oh you got too much makeup on or whatever and i'm like yo the fact that people are coming at this woman because she has a tan and she has to fucking explain herself i'm like what the fuck is wrong with the wrestling nerds like what's wrong with y'all okay so first first of all first of all do you think that the person writing those comments has even worried about a tan or has even seen the daylight in the last two months. Again, the, these people are behind a keyboard, so they'll write whatever they want, right? But I bet you none of them will say it to their face. Oh, of course not. No way. That, but, that, that bugged me. I'm like, yeah. She has to defend herself. Fuck that over shit. A fucking tan. Do you know how crazy that sounds, Ryan? It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, God, like, how would you even, like, come up with that like where where? how would you even think about that like I, as something to even say like i don't know the again people have too much time on their hands they're low-life losers um they just love to harass and unfortunately you know while it's easy to just say oh kayla should just ignore these people right mm -hmm. i mean you know it's kind of hard when she has to deal with this all the time like like when she right. came out with as being bi right she actually right. deleted her Twitter because of, of all the, the nasty comments. And it's just like, God, man, that's sad. Like, just let her live her life and let her say and do whatever she wants to do or say without people coming at her, you know? Like, God, just give her support. Like, it's it's sad, man. But it's never going to change because that's the internet for you. And people can go behind a keyboard. They don't have to, uh, you know, reveal their identity. They can put their their picture, profile oh, yeah, pictures, like some avatar from Google Pics. 
And, you know, that that's it. That's all, you know, it's just, it's sad, but I don't think it's ever going to change. Luckily, I think they did this on Twitter. Um, they, they did this on Instagram, definitely, but you could disable comments on posts and things that you, that you, you know, post like tweets or, or an Instagram picture. You could like disable comments from people commenting on there. So I'm glad they added that feature, but it's kind of just like, who wants to put out something, especially if you're as big as Kayla is, right? Who wants to put out something and not get any replies? Like you want to kind of engage with people right. on there, right? right, so right, it's, right. It's, it's sad, man. But you know, like I said, this is the not even just the wrestling community. This is Twitter in general, man. It, it, it's sad. Like the cyberbullying has gotten so bad, and it's only going to continue to get bad. People on and the I chat are saying uh, people have nothing better to do with their lives. Sadly, and the thing is, too, with the, for those that don't know, like the Kayla story, like not saying that she had a fucked up childhood, but like there's like a lot of um, uh, I guess like trying you know a lot of tribulations in her life you know with uh her parents and you know um i guess what i'm trying to say because i don't know i feel weird kind of talking about her story but like <laughs> it, it, i've been following kayla for a while while and her story is like very like it's crazy to the point that she even i think said that she wants to write a book and i think she even started doing that so the fact that she has to defend her, her tan and say, like, oh, for those that know, don't know, I'm half black. Like, it's just like, what the fuck, like, man? Why like, is that anybody's business to be Right. And like, I don't know. I guess it just hit a nerve. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? So, I don't know. It just hit a nerve. And it's just like, peckerheads are never going to fucking change. They're always going to be these fucking losers. Um, you know, I mean, some, of the, like, some, of the, some of the same losers probably listen to this podcast and, you know, they take enjoyment of, of me fucking verbally harassing them like I do every single week. Well, Dude, uh, <laughs> Brian just writes in the, in the comments, too, don't forget the cyberbullying led to Hannah Kimura's death, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's, another it's, thing it's that's just, fucking upsetting. It's, it's terrible, man. It's it's just, and, and and it's sad that people won't learn from that. Right. Instance, no, no, right? no. People just don't learn. People just go back to, you know, doing it right right, right, right after that. It's like, oh, you know, it's sad, but hey, people are just going to keep doing it, so... <laughs> I, the, I remember after because uh, it was a, the Hanukkah Mora death and the Shad Gaspar death was like the same week. So yeah. I remember when we specifically talked about uh, Hanukkah Mora, me and Sam, we went on a fucking full rant. Like we were like, what's the joy if you don't like someone? What's the joy of following that person? Like I never understood yeah. the concept. There's a bunch of people I don't like. And guess what? Yeah. I don't follow them. I don't I don't look them no. up on this. Like, I, I don't care. No, I, dude, like, why so am I going to follow you if I don't like you? There's so many people in the bit in the bit like wrestling business and stuff that I don't like, but I would never tweet at somebody like that, you know, like and just harass them. Like, okay, Ryan Satin, for example, I don't like him. Uh, he just comes off as such a loser to me. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm blasting him live on the air. Here. You're good. I don't really care. You're good. He's listening to this anyways, and if he is, well, screw him. But I don't, I don't follow him. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to tweet him and harass the guy. Okay, I'm, I'm sure he's a very nice, nice dude. I don't know him. I just right. feel like his tweets come off as like, dude, like just get off of Twitter, okay? Right. But like I am never going to harass the dude to the point where he feels like shit about himself because I'm just not a low life loser like that. Like I just choose not to follow him and not to look right. at his stuff. I'm not going to harass him about it. That's just one example of like just <laughs> do the right thing, okay? Like I, said, yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's just it's just not going to get through to some people, but it's just so sad. All right, let's um. Let's 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 change the uh, topics. Let's um. This is kind of negative too, but I feel like we can <laughs> laugh at this. Um, we didn't talk about this last week, but we're already two weeks in, so let I, I think you know the conversation is needed. What do you think of this new dude on Raw, the new uh lead announcer? What's his name? Adman Vert, I think his name. Oh, or, yeah. What's his, the dude's name? Is that yeah? His name? Ad, Ad, Adnan Vert. Yeah. Ad, Adnan Vert. Um, listen, 
I think when it comes to a broadcasting standpoint, I think he has a great voice. But when it comes to calling wrestling, is he Mike Adamly bad? No, but I don't think it's just it's not clicking. Like I don't think it's the worst commentator we've ever heard. But to me, there's a disconnect there. It's just not working for me. He's very dry. He's not exciting. He puts no enthusiasm into it. And I feel bad because he seems like a, a really nice guy. He's trying. He's really brand new. So, um, you know, maybe give him more of, of a chance here. I don't know. I don't know how he's just going to magically like click like that if, if it's not working right off the bat. Um, you know, this guy has been around. Like he's, I think he was from MLB Network or whatever. So yeah. it's, like he's, it's not like this is his first gig or his first go around in broadcasting. Um, I don't know if it's his first like commentary gig or anything like that, but yeah, he just doesn't put any like oomph into it. He just doesn't make me excited. Like when I watch, I just feel like the broadcast, he like brings it down. Um, it's like, it's, it just, it puts me to sleep more than it should. Like it should get me amped, right? Like I should be enjoying the commentary and it just, it's not good. I mean, when Byron Saxton is better than you, uh, oh, that, you know, that, that, that says, says a lot. lot. Um, and Byron Saxon, love the guy. Very nice dude. Actually met him in the Superstore at WrestleMania weekend this past year. Great dude. Just not the best, you know, um, like commentator. And he's, you know, doesn't do it for me either. But I'd rather listen to him than Adnan Burke. At least, you know, you could tell Byron Saxon tries to put a little bit more enthusiasm into it. Right. So. And I think, and that's, I think, Byron Saxon's, like, downfall, too, because he does it too much. He adds a little bit too much. It's to the point, like, it's like he's God, Byron, too hard. Brian, shit, like, he's like, God damn, Byron, just shut the fuck up. And it's like, and that's and that's funny because uh and I hate to compare here, but that's like when people shit on like the AEW commentary. I'm like, really? You're shitting on the the AEW commentary, yet you're you're fine with Byron fucking Saxon. Mm-hmm, but yeah. in this case, I do get what you're saying. Like, the fact that Byron Saxon is more entertaining than than um was uh Adnan and and uh, see, I can't even I can't even remember his name because it's just yeah. is there a disconnect there? Like I said, is he he has a great broadcasting voice, but it's just a disconnect. It, it, it feels like. Him calling wrestling, it feels kind of forced. And it's like, where's Tom Phillips? I know he had he like so a good. Co- he had like a COVID scare or something during oh, WrestleMania dang. weekend, but that was like two weekends, two weeks ago. Like, what's going on with him? Like, Tom Phillips yeah. is great. Like, how do you like just? I can understand if you want to make a change, freshen things up. It's always good to freshen things up with the commentary teams and the look of the show. Sometimes, you know, fresh start, press the reset button. Okay, I'm cool with that. But the fact that Tom Phillips has no role right now in the company in general, I mean, God, just put him as a backstage interviewer, do something, utilize the guy in a, in a way that, you know, he deserves to be because he's freaking good. The fact that we don't see him right now, I don't know. Um, I wasn't familiar with him having a COVID scare. So if that's the case, I hope he gets well soon. Uh, mm-hmm. But when he gets back, I hope they have a role for this guy because, man, he's just too good to do nothing and just be sitting on right. the sidelines. Um, the thing about Adnan Burke, though, is, this is not going to last. If, if he continues to not click in this type of way, he's not going to last. I mean, WWE makes changes all the time. Look at the coach, for example, Jonathan Coachman. He came back, I think, after WrestleMania 34. What was mm-hmm. it or something like that? Yeah. He didn't last long, okay? He wasn't clicking. No. He wasn't doing it. A lot of negative feedback. He didn't last long. WWE will switch things up. They did the same thing with Renee Young. wasn't clicking. Um, this guy won't last, you know, so I'm not really too worried about it. Keep giving him a chance. You know, you can't pull the plug after two weeks, you know, three weeks, whatever it's been. Um, give him a little bit more time, I guess, but I don't think this guy's lasting long. You know what's the thing about Renee Young, too, now that you mentioned her? She was good when she wasn't getting produced. Because remember that SmackDown when the like majority of the roster were still stuck in Saudi Arabia yeah, and they had to call yeah, SmackDown, I think it was like, 
Pat McAfee, Renee Young, and I can't think who's I can't think of who was leading. Maybe it was Tom Phillips. I forget. But that three person, Renee did a great job in that Friday Night SmackDown because she wasn't getting produced. No, well, yeah, it makes it makes the world of a difference. But um, you know, listen, we can have a conversation about produced and right, scripted right, 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 shit in right. WWE with the writers for we can make a whole two hour show based on that. Right. But um. I don't even know if you were going to mention it next, but maybe I'll segue to that. The one that is actually killing it, I, I feel like, is Pat McAfee over on Smackdown. My guy. Oof. My guy. Uh, he actually went on record in an interview. I don't know if you saw this. Um, he, he said he stunk. He was not high on himself on his on this commentary, but could have fooled me. I think he was fantastic, man. He is a natural in this role. Um, he is somebody you could sit there and listen to, and it's only fitting because – SmackDown is just a 10 times better show than Raw is, right? I mean, holy God, I can't believe that. Like, I, when I watch NXT, I often wonder how, like, it's the same company that runs Raw and SmackDown. I watch SmackDown, like, how is this the same company that, you know, produces Raw every single week? Because SmackDown is just very But you enjoyable. know what? Would you, you know what? I get, because SmackDown has become, like, the show, right? Yeah. But you know what? I think with how bad Raw is, and that's why we don't talk about Raw really much on this show. You know, I think you could make the argument, like, if they would have put Pat McAfee on Monday, I think just listening to just him oh. call matches would have made the show a hundred times more entertaining. Dude, I would tune in just to listen to him because you just right. – it, it's almost like – it's almost like when Pat McAfee talks, it, I almost get the vibe that he's not overly produced. Because no, I, I can not. see I could see him saying that – like, the things that he's saying, I could see him actually coming up with that by himself. Like, he just – He's really good at ad-libbing and just coming up with, like, like things that are just, like, you know, funny. And, oh, dude, like, I, I'm i a Pat McAfee guy. I, I enjoy Big him so Pat much. He, he's I, I, he's I got a great personality. I've said this in the past, and I want to see if you agree with me. You know who Pat McAfee reminds me a lot on the mic? Um, and even him on commentary, just the way he, like you said, he ad-libs and the way he just, like, he says certain things. He reminds me, like, of Attitude Era Shane McMahon. Like, that's who he reminds yeah, me of a lot. It. Like, he, uh, it's just something about Pat McAfee. Like, he just turns anything into fucking gold, bro. Yeah. Like, even, you know, we praise him. Like, like you said, he, he was hard on himself. And you know what? I kind of see where he's coming from because I feel like his first episode of, of SmackDown two weeks ago compared to this last Friday, I feel like he was more comfortable this Friday than last yeah. week or whatever. I feel like. In certain aspects, the first night he was on SmackDown, he was, like, second-guessing himself at times. But he was still really good. You know what yeah. I mean? Unless you kind of, like, like um, paid attention, you would even notice. But, like, this week, he was more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's just naturally with anything. Like, when you first start off in any new role, not even just commentary, like, anything you do... You're going to feel a little uneasy. You're going to feel a little uncomfortable or nervous because, man, like this is your first time doing it, for example. But the more you do it, the more you get comfortable. That's just right. with anything. So, um, you know, I, I do respect the fact that he thought he stunk and he publicly said it and he wants to get better. He uh, clearly is a perfectionist. And he's the thing I love about Pat, too, is he's been a WWE fan for years. Like even going yeah. back to when he played football for the Indianapolis Colts, he always right. had his personality to him. Um but, like, he was always a huge wrestling fan. I always used to remember him tweeting about WWE and stuff like that. He genuinely, like, it's it's a dream for him to be a part of the WWE. So he cares so much and so deeply that he wants to be so good at this that he just wants to be the best that he could possibly be. So I respect that. Um, you know, yeah, he, he definitely felt more comfortable. I definitely got that vibe uh, this past week. And 
like I said, it's just a joy to listen to, man. Like he, I just wanted to touch on that because he is just a natural in this role. I mean, of course, he's got his own show and everything, so right. he's a great personality to begin with. But I think this is one of the best decisions by putting him on commentary. I know a lot of people's heads were turning when they first announced it. Mm-hmm. But, man, I knew right away. I said, this is this is gold right here. This is a perfect decision. Anytime you see Pat McAfee on WWTV, I'm, I'm instantly sold. I think he's yeah. just... He's that good. Um, he put over Michael Cole, I believe, in one of these interviews. They might have been busted open. I, I forget. He was saying that Michael Cole, Michael Cole has been helping him a lot. Oh, um, yeah. Renee Young said the same thing. When she was on commentary, Michael Cole helped a lot. You know, as for everybody, we everybody could bash Michael Cole for different things. Right. If people don't like Michael Cole, whatever. I personally don't not like the guy. I, I think he's very – he's tremendous at what he does. The fact that he's been doing it for as long as he has been. He's just amazing. Um, so I, I don't hate him at all. Yeah, I don't. I, know, I don't just like Michael Cole either. I know I just, a lot of people I, do, but he gets a bad rap, and, and I could understand why people give him shit at times. Because you understand, he was not it. He, he was put in a really difficult position because he was taking over for Jr., which is beloved. Jr. Yeah, is a beloved right. person. So then, him getting replaced, that added heat to him. And at times, I think Mike, Michael Cole does make things sound like kind of corny and cheesy but yeah, that yeah. doesn't take away that he's still a great broadcaster like I've, i oh. i i don't dislike michael cole or hate the guy the, the the night that i had ultimate respect and i haven't hated him since was the night when jerry king lawler had the hardest right and he basically right. took over and in the most professional way uh mm-hmm. just off the script just the way he uh handled that whole situation that night it's just like, wow, how can anybody hate this guy? Yeah, of course, lost time, the big dog. Like, you know, that's corny shit. But I'm sure he gets he gets that in his ear. Like, oh, say this, say right. this. It's become right. just like a thing. So he he's doing his job, you know? So, um, yeah. But anybody who comes in to, to, to do commentary, he helps a lot. It, it just goes to show you that if, like, Michael Cole and Adnan Burke work together, like, if Adnan Burke wasn't the, the main play-by-play guy, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe with uh, Michael Cole coaching him, maybe he'd be a little bit better. I don't know. But, um. Yeah, that's how good Michael Cole is. So it's good to see him helping out like guys like that. And anybody who's on the commentary team with Michael Cole is going to be better sitting next to him. Yeah, man. Now that, now that you mentioned that, like everyone that has sat next to Michael Cole on commentary has has been pretty good. Yeah. Like JBL, Taz, Look at Corey Steve, Graves, Corey Graves, like the list goes on and on. So like. I think we need to put more, not saying you and I, but I think we need to put, as a whole, we need to put a little bit more respect on Michael Cole's name. I don't think he'll be fully appreciated until he's, like, gone, you know? Right, and, and right. Whoever replaces him, God, I, there's nobody on the team, current team right now that, that really, I feel like, could replace him as the voice of WWE right now. I'm you not saying what? he's, he's a, thinking I'm about a, hanging it up, but... I'm a big fan of Tom Phillips, man. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know Vic Joseph is on NXT, but I like Vic a lot, too. Um, yeah, I like Vic Joseph, too. Yeah. Tom Phillips reminds me of a young Michael Cole. Yeah, yeah. Tom Phillips is good, man. Like I said, I hope they have a role for him when he comes back. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's talk a little bit about NXT. Kyle Riley, our boy KO, he debuted a, a new look, and it looks very similar to someone else. Do you like to elaborate, <laughs> Brian? Cool Kyle. Uh, man. <laughs> cool he, Kyle. He looks like uh, some dude that uh, – <clears throat> Is lazy, doesn't try, puts his hands in his pockets a lot, and uh, doesn't really do much. And uh, yeah, that's Orange Cassidy, man. The, the, the side-by-side pictures of Kyle O'Reilly and Orange Cassidy, I mean, it's – I don't – obviously, I don't think it has anything to do with each other. Right. But I – he – that was the first thing that came to my mind right off the bat. 
Do you think if Kyle Riley would have had like some gimmicks to the jean jacket, like maybe some pins or maybe like patches or something, you think that would have made a difference? Maybe, but um, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really hate, I, I, I you listen, Kyle O'Reilly is fantastic, okay? He right. can make anything work. Um, so I dig this new look from him because I just feel like this is, this is Kyle O'Reilly. Like you even see like um, in the past when they've shown the Undisputed Era, just say, right. like the NXT arena and they get out, right. he's always wearing like that hat, you know, like <laughs> he's always, he, his style is that that's right. his style. So like it, it, to me, I'm just like, wow, that's, I like this because this is who he is. You know what I got from the cool Kyle uh, stuff from NXT this week? I feel like he played the stoner gimmick better than Matt Riddle. <laughs> Matt Riddle does, yeah. Like, because yeah. I don't, that, that, I didn't get like, oh, okay, appearance wise, I get an Arch Cassidy and the jean jacket, the glasses, whatever. But like, I got more of a like a stoner hipster vibe from Kyle that, that actually worked instead of like, Matt Riddle, you know, saying like these kids jokes, like I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's he comes off as that guy. That I, I don't, I mean, I don't think he does. Um, we all know Matt Riddle does or did, but I don't think he, uh, Kyle O'Reilly's a stoner. But he, if you didn't know better, <laughs> right? He's he's playing that gimmick up really well. What What do you think about this potential? Uh, so Kyle O'Reilly ended up. Uh, uh, having a pretty good match with Cameron Grimes right on, later on in the night. And before the match, Kyle did, uh, you know, uh, throw the challenge to Karrion Cross. And then before his match with Cameron Grimes, they had a quick little face-off backstage. What do you think of this potential match between Karrion Cross and Kyle O'Reilly? I mean, it would be it would be cool, but I just don't think you should book Kyle O'Reilly in an NXT Championship match if he's not going to win again. He already had two opportunities. He lost both. He didn't look bad in defeat. He looked good. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like it made him into the singles guy that he is right now because he had two great showings. And then, of course, the win over Adam Cole, another great showing. But I just feel like, you know, what what's the plan here? You're going to have these two guys uh, face off for the title and then Kyle O'Reilly's going to lose again. And, like, what does that do for him moving forward, you know? Um, we, had, we didn't see Adam Cole uh, this week, did we? No, Adam Cole this week. But I think, I think he's, he's announced for this week, yeah. Yep. So, um, you know... I would be shocked if the Adam Cole-Kyle O'Reilly um, feud is over. It's If it's a one and done, I feel like they should capitalize on this and have at least the best of three, um, you know, just face off at least two more times on two upcoming takeovers, whenever that's going to be. So you want a gargano Champa feud? Yeah, I do. I do, man. Mm -hmm. That match at TakeOver gave me Gargano and Champa vibes. You know, right. that, those are the type of matches that they used to have. I think this could be the current... Organo and Ciampa feud. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, like why why book Kyle O'Reilly in an NXT title match if he's not going to win again? Especially if, you know, the rumors are true of SummerSlam potentially being, like, in Phoenix or in Texas. Then they could do a takeover, you know, like, the night before or something like that. And we could actually have, like, let's say their final bout, quote-unquote, like, in front of, like, fans mm -hmm. instead of fucking, you know, little piece of shit Izzy and her fucking family. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The same spoiled brats and same spoiled fans that, that have been watching NXT for the past, like, five years. They just moved over from full sale to the Performance Center, uh, those spoiled assholes. But, yeah, I mean, you know, again, I, I it's, it's always weird, though, because I feel like that match between Kyle and Adam, that unsanctioned match where they did, like, everything, tore each other apart and used all these weapons and stuff like that, that, that seemed like, 
like what you would book for like the the final the match end. of the feud, the you end. know? So like that makes me think too, like maybe maybe they aren't gonna continue the feud. But then like Adam Cole's coming back to NXT. So right. what is Adam Cole gonna do? You know, I understand the people that don't want Adam Cole near Vince or on the main roster, but dude, at this point, what else does Adam Cole have to do in NXT? You know, like if he's not going to continue the feud with Kyle O'Reilly, just go up to the main roster at this point. If he is booked terribly up there, then he leaves and goes to AEW. <laughs> so we all win. You know, I just feel like it's time. Go up. There's nothing more left to do. I don't want him to turn into a Johnny Gargano. And I'm not saying that as a negative. I love Johnny Gargano. I still enjoy what he does. But it's almost as if like he's teetering at this point. Like he's like, I, I like the way I think they're entertaining. I, you know, North American title run has been good. But I just feel like it's going to get to a point where Johnny Gargano has done everything that he could possibly do. And he's worked with everybody that he could possibly work with. At some point, he, I want to see him on the main roster working other guys. I know he doesn't want to. He wants to stay down there. But I just feel like it's time for Adam Cole to go up. So I'm curious to see what he does on NXT this week. If I had the pen, I would probably book it the Cole and Kyle Riley. Because you did mention like what they did at TakeOver was like that should have been the ending. It's like, well, how can you take it a step further? I mean, we could potentially see their last match the first time we see a Hell in a Cell in NXT. Or if you want to do it, if you want to go another route, remember how Gargano and Cole ended their feud? They had three stages of hell. Yeah, yeah. So you could do something, something like that between Kyle Riley and Adam Cole. Um, but yeah, I feel like if I had the pen, two more matches with Kyle Riley, and then after SummerSlam, you know, he moves on to the main roster. Maybe SmackDown. I don't know. Uh, it, the thing with, with thing, the thing with Adam Cole is like, unfortunately, as much as I love the guy, you know, there is that fear. But at the same time, it's like even with fear, it's like he's got to move. He's got to move gotta, on. Man. Yeah, he got to move on. I and mean, like you he... said, and like you said, what's the worst that could happen? He gets booked like shit, and then guess what? He'll end up with his buddies in AEW. Right, right, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody always thinks that people are going to be booked terribly when they go up. And, yeah, we've seen cases of that. But then we've seen cases where, you know, like a guy – I always compare people to Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens came up and everybody thought, oh, this guy is not going to do nothing. Vince ain't, ain't going to like him because he's fat and this and that. Kevin Owens has had an incredible run in WWE. Right. He really has. I just feel like Adam Cole is a guy that you can't swing a miss on. Like he's going to be booked like a Kevin Owens where he's going to come in. Uh, I feel like he's got a debut in a big way. And immediately, you know, win one of the championships and just establish himself as a top star. And I just feel like Vince is just going to fall in love with this guy because this is a guy that you could make the future's guy, like the guy, you know, like Seth Rollins or whatever, like push him to the top of, you know, the main event scene. So I don't know. I mean, if they mess him up, I wouldn't be shocked. But yeah, it just it just it pushes him to maybe, you know, end up leaving, you know, see what happens. And then, you know. Maybe he goes to AEW. That's where he ends up. But, you know, you got to get that ball rolling. He's got to do something else because not that I don't love him in NXT, but there's just nothing left. There's nothing more. And I want to see him mix it up with some of the talent on the main roster. Right. And the thing is, and while I do have fear, I'm also hopeful because we already seen what he could do on the main roster during that whole NXT Survivor Series stuff where he mixed it up with Seth Rollins and Danny Bryan and Bryan matches both Raw and SmackDown. And guess what? He went fucking over. So who knows? Maybe, you know, Triple H and Sean has gone to Vince's ear and be like, this is your next Sean. This is your next HBK. This is this is a guy that you could build because he's young. He's what, 30, 31? You yeah. can build the company around this guy. Yes, he's a small guy, but 
This guy could go. He's a great fucking talker. He could work his fucking ass off. Like, who cares if he's a small guy? Dude, he, he is. Uh, and I think he always said, too, his dream was to be on the main roster. And he always wanted to be in WWE. So I'm sure he's probably chomping at the bit now, too, to get up there. And, yeah, this is easily a guy that you could you look at as, like, wow, he could do it all. He is the whole package. And I'm just, like, picturing feuds with, like, you know, Kevin Owens. Like, you know, they have so much history together. Right, like, right. Like, dude, the, the list of opponents is endless. Like, Adam Pulver's Roman Reigns would be interesting. Like, dude, like, a- any of these, like, potential matchups, like, Cole and Edge. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, the list could go on and on, man. I just Adam I want to see him up there. I don't care if it's... AJ, oh, AJ, Sami Zayn, freaking! Mm-hmm. I mean, God, you could just keep going on and on. I don't care if it's SmackDown or Raw. Put him up there, man, because right. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to see it at this point. I'm almost not even worried about how he's going to be booked because I just, I have that much confidence <laughs> that he's going to be booked well. Because you just look at this right. guy, you're like, wow, this guy's a million bucks right here. Yeah, he, he's that good. He's that good. All right, dude, let's talk about SmackDown. Um, we got um someone back from the dead, Alistair Black. He had a he had a, a gimmick. He had a little, um, what you call it, a little package that they, uh, where he's like kind of like sitting in a dark room with a whole bunch of candles. He has like these, um, Leo pop for this. He was wearing like some Hector Lavoe glasses. Um, he's wearing some like fucking, uh, you know, all black suit. And, you know, he, he was speaking in, um, I guess like, you know how he speaks. You know, like kind of like you got to figure out like media uh, metaphors, or whatever. And he's back. Alistair Black is back, and he's gonna be on SmackDown. I based on the promo, I feel like he might be a heel, but who knows? He might be a face. I just hope that when he does make his return and he start does start having matches, we get like his old song and his old gimmick, uh, hip hopping up from you know like with the with the tombstone type gimmick. You know the the sit-up thing. I hope we get that presentation from Alistair Black, but Alistair Black is here to stay, and he's not getting released. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. Um, I want to say that I'm excited about it, but I just really have no confidence. I mean, they, this guy's been on the main roster for how long now, and they haven't done anything with this guy? Why should I magically believe now they're going to actually start pushing him? Like, like now. They, they're just going to like decide that Oh man, this 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 guy's got it. We're gonna push him to the moon when he's been right. sitting there doing nothing for for how long now? Um, you know, I'm I hope that's the case. I hope they have big plans for him. I hope he becomes a star that we all know he could and should be. But you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him back on TV. But if you're asking me if I'm excited and I have a lot of confidence in this new character gimmick and potential push, I have to really see it to believe it. All right, I'm gonna throw a quick fantasy book booking idea, and I want to see if. This, you know, grabs your attention really quick. So what if next week we already know what's going to happen? We kind of we're going to talk about in detail the whole Brian Roman stuff. But let's say Roman beats Brian and then we get the Cesaro Roman matchup at WrestleMania Backlash because it's not Backlash anymore. It's WrestleMania. We get another WrestleMania, guys. Okay, and then let's just say Roman beats Cesaro. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, he's celebrating, you know, dominant. Boom. Lights go out. Lights go back on. Alistair Black is in the middle of the ring. Boom. Hits Roman Reigns with the black mask. And that's how you end the pay-per-view. Does that grab your attention? Absolutely. 100%. 110%. But do I think that's going to happen? No. Um, the, and- the reason why I think that idea could potentially happen is because Paul Heyman's on SmackDown. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I would, I would love that. Although, you know, it would suck because Aleister Black probably won't end up beating Roman Reigns. But it might be the case where it's like being in the ring with Roman, right? And being and, and main eventing a pay per view does more for Aleister Black, um, you know, than you know, if he wasn't in that spot. Um, I would love that. I think that potential matchup is so intriguing to me, Roman and, and Black, and. Listen, listen, Black needs to be in the main event spotlight. Yeah, he, he's not, he shouldn't be coming for Apollo Crews' championship, okay? He he needs to be going for the Universal title. It's time. This guy is a massive star. I think that would be super sick. I really do. Uh, and that's that would be the perfect way for him to jump back into the mix here on SmackDown. Um, like I said, do I think that's going to happen? Who knows? Probably not, but I would be all for that. That definitely, definitely grabs my attention. But uh, hey, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm happy to see him back on TV nonetheless. I just I need to really see see what they're going to do with him to really believe that they're going to actually do something right. 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 I, I just thought I just thought of the idea because I'm like it makes perfect sense. You know, Paul Heyman took SmackDown. Um, we talked about it. We told we almost talk about it in every episode how you know being in a feud with Roman and you getting beat by Roman really does more for you than actually hurt you. You know. Yeah. You look, yeah. Look what it's done for Kevin Owens and Jey Uso, and you know the list goes on and on. Um, but let's talk about Roman Reigns um, and Daniel Bryan in this case, because, uh, you know, they've been teasing how, you know, Cesaro wants to get this title shot or whatever from Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns has been ducking him, you know, throughout the whole night on uh, on SmackDown. He's been ducking in. And then at the end of the night, we get this uh, face off between uh, and Bryan was kind of playing as like the spokesperson of Cesaro. So, you know, Roman and, and Heyman come out and. They uh, he throws a challenge not to Cesaro, but he throws a challenge to Brian and say like I'm gonna give you a title shot, but if you lose, I don't want to ever see you again. And kind of based on what we've been reading on Brian, it seems like Brian is kind of like he's not like invested in, in wrestling right now. Like he's kind of just like yeah. whatever. And his contract is up. He said that his contract will be up soon, but there's also rumors that he's uh he's part of the creative team, so maybe. Him as a performer might be up, but maybe he'll still be part of the creative team. I don't know how all that works, but uh, I expect after Friday Night SmackDown, we're not going to see Brian for a while. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. It's so weird to see that he was he felt disconnected at WrestleMania uh, when that report came out. I think he said it himself. Right. Uh, you know, this guy loves wrestling, man. Like this was the guy that was chomping at the bit to come back when he had to retire from that injury. Um, I'm just, I was very surprised to see him say that. Um, and, you know, he's in the top program with Roman Reigns and Edge, for Christ's sake. Like, if he feels disconnected in that program, maybe that is showing that he, this is just not for him anymore. Or maybe he's just moved on. And, and that's really crazy for me to even say or think. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Daniel Bryan is so awesome and I don't want to see him go. Uh, but maybe he just does need a break for a little while. Go, you know, spend some time with his family, with his kids and, you know, with Bree and... Go compost something and then come back. Yeah, yeah. Work work in his garden, do whatever he's going to do with that. Um, you know, and he uh, maybe it's best, too, that he does go off of TV because, like, you know, obviously he's not getting the upper hand on Roman in this feud. So, like, maybe no. it's time to move on. And I just feel like the best way to move on is to not be seen on TV because he can't just go into another program now with just, say, like, a guy like Sami Zayn, for example. That would just be... I'm not saying a downgrade, but just kind of like you go from like being in the main event of WrestleMania, right? To like now you're feuding with somebody like Sami Zayn, for example. So I just feel like the best thing is to take him off the TV and decide what you're going to do with him if and when he wants to come back. Um, 
I know a lot of people were saying that, oh, maybe he'll just move on from SmackDown and he'll be on Raw. I don't really see that happening. I just think he's just going to take a break for, for a while. And right. whenever he decides to come back, I don't know. I, I hope he does and hope uh, he gets, you know, his passion for wrestling back and doesn't feel disconnected because, you know, that's sad. I don't, I don't want to see that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how they book this. Uh, next Friday. All right. Re- remember, we, we have a delay. Sorry. Uh, Adam Cole comes up as Michael Cole's son. Phillips comes back, takes over Michael Cole's spot on commentary so Michael can manage his son. Book it right now. Brian. On the can, I, can I get the no, please? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want Michael Cole as Michael Cole's son? No. The, we've seen other things. No? I, I, I would... The only reason I would want to see that is because I would... There you go. <laughs> I would love to see how Twitter blows up if that happens. <laughs> they blew up with uh, Kurt Angle's son. Imagine you with know, this right? one with the same last name. You know what? It's interesting that the, the whole Daniel Bryan be kind of like disconnected from everything because maybe us as fans also, we kind of picked that up too because I don't know how it was if uh, you, and you might have talked about this last week, but you know, watching WrestleMania on TV, his pop wasn't that big either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. It was like, odd. I, was I just feel like everybody odd. was like pro edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Like, like wrestling fans are weird. Like, like the, the reactions sometimes surprise you, and it's just not what you expect. But I did, I did get that that feeling too, and maybe that's why. Maybe that's what sparked it. Maybe he just felt like he didn't belong. But right. Like, and I mean, I, and hence why. And listen, it's hard to kind of predict things, especially in that. We're still in, whether you want to call it like the tail end or like the last lap of this pandemic era, but we're still in it, right? So it's kind of hard to predict at times when there's no fans in the audience. But hindsight is twenty twenty now. While the match was great, I enjoyed that triple threat match so much, and we're going to talk about this match at the end of the year. But just based on the reactions, it kind of feels like maybe Daniel Bryan needed not, maybe he shouldn't have been in this match. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I think I. I mean, my opinion, him being added made the match that much yeah, better. Yeah, me too. And, me too. Yeah. And um, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe like I said, he just you know because years ago when he joined the Triple Threat at WrestleMania 30, like he was the man, and like right. nobody wanted, nobody liked Batista or Randy Orton. And then this time it was like, well, people wanted Edge, and then people were also enjoying Roman Reigns' work as well. So like Brian kind of felt like third wheel. I mean, I could see that, but um, even still, I mean. For that to be the reason that Brian feels disconnected is kind of just like like what like like this guy has been a heel before like he knows right. like he knows how to like you know pivot and like you know I, I don't know I just feel like it, it's the whole thing is just so weird I was when I saw that uh, report and the, read the uh, his statements I was really really surprised to hear that from a guy like Daniel Bryan yeah man and just look about look 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 back since he returned you know from from his retirement and he came back you know that planet's champion run was fucking oh, great yeah. you know him being the the pot the pothead champion because that's what the title looked like yeah. and you know he he made kofi mania he made yeah. like that story work because of daniel bryan yeah he was he kofi mania was pretty much the sequel of the yes movement back from wrestlemania 30 that's pretty much what kofi mania was and daniel bryan was like the perfect foe for that because he yeah. at that point daniel bryant was representing everything that wasn't the yes movement of wrestlemania 30 
So it was I just agree. a perfect story. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like ever since Brian came back, I've tried not to take it for granted because we're so lucky to have Daniel Bryan back. His run ever since coming back, I think, has been very good. He's had some yeah. really great matches. Um, you know, if this is coming, I mean, I'm sure he is coming to the tail end of his career. And, you know, it, it's, you know, while I, I'd be really, really sad to see him go, obviously, again, for the second time, um, I'm grateful that we've had this second chance to see him uh, get this run, become champion again. And, you know, this time he gets to go out on his own terms, which I think is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, of course, you know, the fact that he's been going at such a high level now ever since he came back and, you know, knock on wood, he hasn't had any problems with the concussions or anything like that. He's been good for the most part. I'm grateful for that. So he can go on and be a dad and, and live a great life with Bree and, you know, who knows how many more kids they're going to end up having. 39. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that we got the second opportunity. So. And I, I, I just feel like Daniel Bryan, he could just come back for like, he could do what Triple H has been doing or like what Brock Lesnar does. Like he could come back for a big time match at WrestleMania every year if he wants to, or come back for a match at the Royal Rumble or SummerSlam. He doesn't need to be um, a full-time competitor. He could be a part-time guy. As long as we still get to see Daniel Bryan, I'd be down for that. Yeah, yeah. me too. Let's talk about AEW, dude. Dude, these two matches, I feel stole the show on Wednesday night. Take Connie. Carl Sheeta, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen. Keep in mind, these are, you know, yeah, Taekwondo had a fucking cup of coffee in NXT. You know, she was she was employed by them, but they didn't really, I guess, value her as much as what AEW sees in her. But you could make, you know, these are kind of like grown talent. They're not coming into the company with like big names. Some of them are indie stars. Yes, Taekwondo was in NXT, but she wasn't really showcased. How she she she's showcased now. These matches I thought were fucking phenomenal Wednesday night, dude. Um, you know, the women's match, the TNT title match. Dude, and Darby's been main eventing for a couple of weeks now, dude. Uh, Tay Contney, you know, I think she did, even with the loss to Hikaru Shida, I think she had the performance of her whole career on Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. Dude, she uh, she didn't, she was never going to win this match. She didn't right. need to win this match. No. This was just a showcase to show people that she belongs. And it, it shows that AEW is very high on her. Um, you know, I think Tony Khan said in an interview, I think he said it on uh, either with uh, Brian Alvarez or he said it on the um, Busted Open. And, uh, you know, he said that he once attended an NXT house show years ago. And he saw Ty Conti as um, like a manager. And he said just she oozed charisma and she had a great personality to her. And he thought that she could be a star. And I guess it just kind of fell into his lap when she left NXT. Right. And obviously the women's division at that time needed some some more oomph. They needed some star power. And, um, you know, he locked her up. He brought her in, locked her up. And um, she's been pushed in a big way. She's had great match after great match. She's gotten so much better every single time she's been in there, man. Like, um, I think she does um, jujitsu or maybe it's something judo? else. Judo. Judo, yeah. Judo, yeah. Um, you know, she trains like an animal. And man, she's really, really good in the ring there. Uh, I, I was, I know she wasn't going to win, but I was rooting for her to win. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. There was the, right, like in the last like couple minutes of that match, there was moments that they kind of had me, dude. I was like, yeah. "Yo, are they going to put the title on on Tay?" Which, which I don't think it would have been the right move, but I would have mm -hmm. been okay with it though. I'm like, "Yo, they had me." They, there was like a couple of near falls there. I'm like. Yo, this ain't about to win this. You you wouldn't yeah, be mad yeah, at it. You wouldn't be mad right. at it if it happened. No, 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 no. No, like I said, wasn't expecting it. I would have been shocked if it happened. 
But um, man, just such a great match. And I don't think a lot of people, I think a lot of people at this point are over Hikaru Shida as champion because she's been champion for so long and people are dying for somebody like Britt or Thunder Rosa or even Ty Conti to be the champion. But man, we got to give credit to Hikaru Shida and how good she is too because it takes two to tango, man. And all these great matches that have been, uh, you know, for the AEW Women's World Championship or even just for the great women's matches we've been seeing on Dynamite, a lot of them have included Hikaru Shida and she's just been, um, she has really been a great champion. I mean, I know, like I said, myself included, I'm kind of over it. I want to see a new champion. I think we're on the cusp of that. But, um, man, she has really done a great job with that championship, holding it through this pandemic era and just have been delivering some great matches. I know it's tough because her English isn't that great. Um, even though if you watch the uh, the road to AEW this past week on YouTube, where AEW posts like, uh, you know, video packages for the upcoming matches on that week's Dynamite, her English was pretty good in that, so I give her I don't credit think for her that. Her English is that bad, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Even though they just don't put her on the mic a lot, um, you know, they don't have her cut promos and stuff like that, like like WWE does with Oscar and things like that. Um, but yeah, she's been great, and the AEW Women's Division has just gotten oh, just like so much better. It's so funny where we are now, right. um, where we were. You know, people were just like ready to jump off the ship with this, you know. And I I kept saying too, I said, give it time. It's a work in progress. Here we are, not not long after, and this division has just been on fire as of late. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought this match was fucking amazing. They've been making the right moves, um, and I guess you know, going back to like some of our thoughts and some of our opinions about the you know the AEW's women's division a couple months ago. Uh, one of the things we used to always say is like, you know, there's still a new company. They're still trying to figure it out. But then it's like, well, how long are we going to use that yeah. excuse, right? But but look at the women's division now. They, they, they got a lot of steam going for them. Credit to Dustin Rhodes, too. He's been really working with them a lot. Um, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys were big supporters of, of these women, and they've been pushing them. And uh, like I said, it's just great to see because, you know, you, I think we didn't we see two uh, we saw two women's matches recently on Dynamite too. I think we saw Chris Statlander, uh, uh, Jay Cargill, and um, Red, yeah, Velvet. Red Velvet, and then it was um, Chris Statlander. She squashed somebody. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a, that's a start right there too. We had two women's matches on the Dynamite and a two-hour Dynamite. That's that's crazy. Um, you know, so at one point people thought that AEW and Tony Khan specifically didn't care about women's wrestling. That's not the right. case, man. Uh, they've no. been pushed really well as of late. And it looks like Britt Baker now is going to get the next shot mm-hmm. at, at Sheeta at the pay-per-view. And this is where, this is where she just drawn comes to. Yeah. I mean, this, this is it. I mean, you could tell. She has to win it. She has to and win it. man, Britt Baker is the champion and the whole division chasing Britt Baker. How entertaining Britt's going to be with that title. That's going to, that's going to turn this women's division up a notch as well. That's going to take it to the next level. This is, it's just going to be awesome to see. Listen, you put the title on Britt. You gave Britt a big run. Like, you know, you give her a pretty good run. And then somewhere down the line, we revisit re- the whole Thunder Rosa Britt Baker yep. story. Because Thunder Rosa has that, like, listen, I beat you. Yeah, you know? even though it didn't count, she did win. And Right. Yeah. And you, and you let that story play out. You don't bring it right away after Britt no. wins the title. No, you give Britt a nice title run. You give her a lot of meaningful title defenses and then you revisit the whole Thunder Rosa Brit Breaker story. Yeah, man, I'm down for that. I'm 100% down. Sign me up. I just feel like those two are destined to, to meet again. It's yeah. kind of like um, Omega and Moxley and Owens and Zayn. It's like those two are attached right. now. Like those two are, are tied to the hip because of, of the, the history and the magic that they created together. So 
yeah, we'll definitely see that. That's just going to always be uh, a situation where they always cross paths together. And and in a perfect world, at that point, and, you know, I, again, I don't know when it's up, but at that point, hopefully Thunder Rosa's NWA contract is up. She signs full-time with AEW. And then, you know, not that I don't think they would put the belt on her, even if she's not signed to the company. Cause right. She's done, she's, she showed that she's, you know, committed to working AEW as well. So I don't really, I think they would put the belt on her, even if she's not signed. But in a perfect world, we'll see her as a full-time talent. Um, and then hopefully, maybe winning the championship ultimately from Britt Baker after Britt has a good, solid run with the title. Well, it's funny you mentioned the whole NWA uh, part of it because they did announce their next pay-per-view. I forget what the pay-per-view is called. I think it's in June, if I'm not mistaken. But when they announced the names, Thunder Rosa wasn't on the announcement. So I don't know if that's, uh, the ha- if that's happening by design or if they're going to plug her in like at a later date. But um, she wasn't on that little little uh, uh, little presser that they had for their next pay-per-view. So that is interesting. And it's funny that you always mention Moxley and Omega because, man – Going back a couple of years ago, I, I just find it kind of weird and st- like it's still like surreal to me that we've seen Moxley and Omega matches and that we say them in the same sentence. Just going back to like what they were in their careers a couple of years ago, everything Kenny was doing in New Japan and Moxley, mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose with Shield and, you know, IC and world title matches and stuff. It's just to me, it still feels surreal that. We've seen Moxley and fucking Omega go at it a couple times already. It's the most unlikeliest of of guys to, you know, have memorable matches and a memorable feud. Like, it's just like two guys that you would never, like, like picture, you know? Because at one point, Dean Ambrose's run in WWE was just awful. And I was just like, man, this guy is overrated. I don't care about him. I don't want to see him anymore. He's not clicking for me. I just don't care about this lunatic fringe shit anymore. Like, he was just... There was a point where I was like, man, this this dude is just like, he was great. And now I just don't even want to see him on my television screen. That was yet. a huge miss on WWE because you had your potential next Austin-esque guy in Dean Ambrose, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just, you had him do so much hokey shit and it sucks because I was, I was a big Ambrose guy in WWE. But man, it's like, why are you booking him like this, man? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, this guy... Can't you don't you see how he connects to the audience? Don't you see the reaction this guy's getting? And you're booking them so stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what they do, man. And then that's that's why I love when they end up leaving and then they show WWE like right. You missed out, man. And yeah, like I said, I I never in a million years like I, said, I I was I I liked Dean Ambrose a lot. I did. I liked him when he was in the Shield, and then when he broke apart when he was WWE champion feud with AJ Styles, great stuff. But then when he started feuding with The Miz and, and doing all this other cokey crap, and I'm just like, what is this? I, I'm over Dean Ambrose. I would have never pictured that I'd be such a huge John Moxley fan, and now every single time he has a match, it's like appointment television for me. Like, I need to watch it. Like, his matches in New Japan or any of his top matches in AEW, like, even if he's squashing somebody in AEW, like, I need to watch John Moxley because he's just that, like, you, you can't take your eyes off of him when you watch right. him on the screen, he and draw- I never would have thought. He draws your he, attention. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah. Listen, he's He's just that type of guy. As much hokey shit that Moxley and WWE, you know, they they made him do or whatever. I want I want to remind people, Moxley got a plant over Mitch. He got a plant. Well, that how bad that was during the Jericho feud. He mm-hmm. got a plant over where the crowd was cheering for Mitch. Yeah, I remember Mitch. that. Yeah, and when Jericho cracked Ambrose with, with the plant. The crowd instantly just booed and just hated Jericho so much because he killed the plant, Mitch. 
Like, yeah. think about that. He got over a plant. A plant. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, uh, like I said, if, and that, that still didn't show the WWE what they had with Dean Ambrose, you know? It, it just, even though I, I did enjoy that Mox and Jerry, that's, that's a very forgettable feud between those two in WWE when they had that Asylum match or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, it's it, it's just crazy, the transformation of John Moxley. Well, well, let's talk about more about Moxley, Kingston, and this feud with the Elite. I think now it's official. They're dubbed the Elite. Um, you yeah. know, the Good Brothers, Don Callis, Omega, um, the Young Bucks. You know, they... I have mixed feelings on the segment that we got on Dynamite, dude. Um, I just... I just... I don't even know how to explain it. It's just... I guess it was weird the way they shot it. Like, the fact that, you know, uh, they were trying to do this promo and then they hear the beeping or whatever and then you see them, you know, Moxley and Kingston slam into the trailer and then they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. It kind of like, it kind of left me like, was there like a second trailer? Like, what? Like I just kind of, I just didn't get it. Like, there was nothing, there was no like yelling or them trying to run, like escape. Like, I feel like maybe if they would have went out through the back door and the camera would have caught it and they would have been escaping and... And then right. Moxley and Kingston would have, like chase them down with the with the pickup truck. Maybe I would enjoy that more. But it, it kind of, the way I took it, it's like the elite were never in that trailer to begin with. Yeah, yeah, it was very weird. I like the concept of it, and you know, I was I was I was laughing my ass off when like you hear the honking outside, right? And Omega's like, "Who is that? Who is that?" Obviously, you knew it was Moxley and Kingston, right? Right. Um, and then you know when they drove the car right into the trailer, I thought that was great. Obviously, obviously, you know, you know that, like, they're not in the trailer when, like, right. Mox and Eddie are, are hitting it. But, like, as soon as Mox and Eddie went in there, I thought they were – I thought – because I was waiting for, like, a clear edit where it's, right. like, they, they were going to, like, end up showing a different view of, like, the inside of the trailer, like, that they were still in there. The fact that they just mashed, like, they disappeared, yeah. like, into thin air. Like, we didn't see where they went. And it's not just, like, one guy escaping – it's Don, it's Kenny, it's the Young Bucks, it's the Good Brothers. There's a lot of people that just magically run off. And, like, they're in – they looked like they were in the parking lot of Bailey's place. Where could they have run off to, you know, like, right. that, that Mox and Eddie didn't see them? The whole thing was very weird, but I, I like the concept of it. And Eddie and Moxley together, man, <laughs> they are so entertaining. Oh, my God. They, they play off of each other so well. They're a match made in heaven. It looks like we're getting at double or nothing those two yep. versus Young Bucks for the tag titles, and that's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, Man, I, I love those two together, and I love this feud. And can we talk about the Young Bucks fashion sense, okay, here? <laughs> they are so, oh my God. Some people can say it looks ridiculous, but what those two are wearing are very, very expensive clothing. Yep. And this is why heel Young Bucks are so great, is because they just don't give a shit, man. They right. Just, They'll look ridiculous like that, and it's just oh my god! The way what Nick Jackson was wearing was just unbelievable. Have you been seeing? Because um, the Bucks have been wearing like the the fucking um the the what do you call those hats that they the the not a Congo hat? What is it? The yeah, hat? it's um the leather hat that HBK used to wear back in the day, and the fucking yeah, I don't know what it's hair. called the porn stash now, hat. What what kind it, of hat is it? It looks like a porn stash hat. Now, now, uh, Doc Gallus is also wearing the earrings, and he's posting like these ridiculous <laughs> photos on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so fucking funny. I- I'm glad that they're at. I just my only crit- criticism on this is like I wish we would have gotten this 
from the very beginning when they threw up the two sweet. Like, I just yeah. hated the whole, no, I know. like, I don't understand. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not understanding what you're doing, Kenny. Like, if we would have gotten this from the very beginning, it would have been clean. Um, yeah. I just hate, it's kind of going back to what you said last week. I felt like they were booking it by show and they didn't really know where they were going with the story. If we would have gotten this from the very beginning, instead of like the, the whole young bucks kind of like not being down with Kenny Omega, with what he was doing, if we would have gotten this from the very beginning, I think this would have been clean. I do like the fact that we are going to eventually get this bucks and Kingston mocks at double or nothing. I, I think this is where we're going. Uh, I think the match is going to be fun and I expect it to be very stiff. Because we know Mox and Kingston could could be very stiff in their matches, so I expect like the Bucks to be, you know, they're gonna they're gonna throw some stiff ones in this match. Yeah, and and I like the Young Bucks, and like we were just talking about how uh, you know Mox and Omega, right? Like we never expect those two to, to be as as tied to the hip as they are, but like the Young Bucks facing off with John Moxley, then D, like Dean Ambrose, like right. that's another thing too that I never thought I would see either. So I. I'm interested to see like Moxley wrestle the Bucks too, and um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be cool, man. Like I said, I think those two are a match made in heaven. I think the match is gonna be awesome, and um, I'm I'm enjoying this feud. I, I really am. Yeah. I'm just enjoying the the whole like dynamic, and I'm you know because there was the rumors for the longest time there was gonna be like the Bucks versus the Good Brothers the good for the brother, titles, yeah. and I I don't know. I just that doesn't intrigue me as much as Mox and Eddie do against the Bucks, you know. So um, yeah, I'm excited for it. But that segment was definitely a little pokey and weird where they just like yeah vanished in, in midair be going back to the whole moxie young bucks thing you know they you know if, if what we're speculating ends up happening at double or nothing as them facing off you know they even had chemistry as like tag partners a, a couple weeks ago during that six man moxie and the bucks which is something <laughs> crazy to see you know when we think of trios when it comes to moxie we think in the shield but this guy's tagging with the young bucks like who would have predicted this like in 2016 2017 Wrestling is cool, man. Wrestling is so freaking cool. This is why this is why too you follow other companies besides WWE because it's just so cool to see like this happen. It's like the people you don't expect it to to be facing off or teaming together, like anything's possible in, in wrestling, you know? It's 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 just so awesome. Speaking of uh wrestling being cool, fucking jungle boy, Darby Allen main event. I thought this match was fucking phenomenal, man. Jungle Boy and Darby Allen they're two homegrown guys in AEW. You could call them like the AEW originals in the sense because they didn't come from like other big companies or whatever. Yes, Darby Allen had a couple, you know, wasn't involved, but and that was like kind of like a, a farming system for WWE, or whatever. But like, no, this is you know he people didn't know who Darby Allen was until he got to AEW. Yes, Jungle Boy, he had an indie run, you know, all over when it comes to California and also like GCW, et cetera, et cetera. But like. People didn't know who Jungle Boy was until he got to AEW. And just to see how much growth you've seen in Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and now main eventing and putting on a fucking phenomenal match, I think this was great. Um, yes, Jungle Boy caught an L, but I thought the match just speaks for itself. And then, I don't know if you got to see this, but after the cameras went off, Sting got on the mic and cut, you know put over both Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, saying how this match was fucking great, and it's one of the best matches he's ever seen. Uh, he said he saw he's seen a lot of matches in different companies, both back in WCW, NWA, to TNA, to WWE, and to put over you know these young talents like Darby Allen and Jungle Boy. I think Darby and Jungle Boy should be very proud of themselves. Yeah, I am a huge Jungle Boy fan. Uh, obviously, a huge Darby Allen fan too. But I just 
Jungle Boy is so fantastic, and he's he's just so young. He looks like such a child, but he mixes it up with like some of the biggest names in AEW, and he just kicks ass every single time. Yep. Like this guy just gets better and better. And yeah, he took another loss, but it's okay. It's it, he's still up and coming. One day he's going to be a huge star, and we're going to look back and be like, "Wow, remember how many L's this guy used to take?" And now look right. at him. And this just goes to show too that you know I don't want to hear any of these people. Of these peckerheads, for example, talking about how AEW is TNA 2.0 because right. they signed Sting, because they're getting a big show, because they signed Christian Cage. I don't want to hear that. They can sign as many former WWE guys as they want, as long as we see this. And what I'm talking about is two homegrown young talents main eventing AEW Dynamite on the same show that features a match with Christian Cage, which features segments with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Um, you know, it doesn't matter as long as these guys main event and AEW shows you consistently that they're behind their young talent. How could anybody say this is anything like TNA who is putting Mick Foley, Kevin Nash, Booker T guys like that in main events back in the day. And AEW has not done any of that just because they've signed these guys does not mean they're the same as TNA. This just goes to show they're behind their young talent. They know what they've got. Darby Allen, like you said, has main evented a lot of dynamites as of late as TNT champion. That says a lot. Okay. These two absolutely killed it. And like I said, I just don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear the right. comparisons because it's just not the same in any way. AEW knows that they are going to be creating stars with these guys. And they have been ever since the beginning, they've been creating uh, stars. And I saw a tweet and it's so true that in like years from now, just say like 2025, right? Darby Allen and Jungle Boy could be main eventing a pay-per-view for the AEW yep. World Championship. Why yep. not? And then we could look back and remember, like, wow, remember that match that, uh, just uh, main evented a, a dynamite, a random dynamite for right. free on TNT? Uh, it's it's going to be cool. I can't wait for, for, for that to happen. And the future of AEW is so bright with not just these two guys, but all of their young stars, too, that right. they have on the roster. And it shows that they're behind these guys. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. And it looks like we're going to you know, history uh, repeats itself because Ethan Page attacked Darby Allen, and for those that are familiar with like the Ethan, Ethan Page Darby Allen yeah. story, they've had history and evolved to the point where Ethan Page like like broke like Darby Allen's like arm or something like that. He put him in a uh, body bag and like tossed him out out of the dude. That was that was just an insane. Yeah. Like I say, if, if nobody if nobody has seen it, like you should. I mean, especially if these two start feuding, like right. And I'm sure that if these two start feuding, it would be criminal. If right. um, AEW didn't try to get the rights right. to that that like package or whatever from Evolve or whatever, I know Gabe Sapolsky is and Evolve have WWE you know ties, but um, they got to revisit that and go back and watch that because yeah, man, they absolutely had a killer feud in Evolve. Yeah, so it looks like we're getting that. Uh, one last thing on AEW, so they they continue building the whole Pinnacle Inner Circle. Uh, blood and guts match that's happening in, in what is it May fifth? Is it no May sixth? Yes, yeah, yeah. May uh, yeah. Uh, May fifth. It's 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 not this week, but it's the week after. Two two weeks from now. So I kind of have mixed feelings on some of the the pack the, the the pinnacle uh promo package that we got. Um, the sit down with Jr. and then the inner circle in ring segment. So with the pinnacle one, it's more on the positive end. I think MJF killed this promo. I think he oh. amazing. 
The Warlow stuff, I like what he was saying, but the delivery, I didn't like too much because it felt like he was reading lines. I don't know if you got that. Yeah, yeah, he he comes. He's still a little green. Uh, right, he's a badass, but when yes. it comes to talking, he could definitely use more work. And he's a young guy; he's just getting used to television and things like mm-hmm. that too. So I'm gonna cut him a break. But yeah, yeah, it definitely it came off that way to me as well. I kind of wish they would have gave that spot to like maybe a Sean Spears or maybe like uh, FTR because they're a little bit more seasoned when it comes to promos. I right. think you know as much crap as Sean Spears gets. Um, that doesn't take away that he's a great talent in the ring and he could cut a promo. So I think they could have gave that spot to a guy like Sean Spears instead of Warlow, but that's just nitpicking here. And then the inner circle promo that we got, you know, I'm a big Jericho guy, but I just did not enjoy Jericho's promo on Wednesday night. I didn't enjoy Santana on the mic. I think he Mm -hmm. killed his part, but everything else with Jake Hager, just coming off like just very, big and dumb and i just you know i didn't enjoy jericho's promo here i don't know what you got out of this uh in-ring segment yeah i enjoyed the one that he cut um a few weeks ago right when he was when he was going off on on the pinnacle this one yeah it felt a little weird especially after hearing mjf's um mjf what more can you say about the guy i mean he's so young and so good already it's just unbelievable the guy doesn't miss a, a beat you know like he doesn't mm-hmm. stutter he doesn't like it just it comes off as like he already knows what he wants to say and he delivers it in the best way possible. Like you said, he's just on fire. The only problem I have with the pinnacle so far, and I don't mind MJF being the leader and the guy that cuts the, the main promos and stuff, but I don't like how he talks for everybody. Uh, like you said, Wardlow ends up saying a couple of things. I would have liked to hear from Sean Spears. People forget this guy's been around, okay? This right. guy's been around the block and back. He's been in this business for so long, okay? He could talk. The revival too. I love they could cut promos too. They're great promos. I'd like to hear a little bit more from them. Uh, MJF to be the leader. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like sometimes when he talks for other the other guys in the group, it just comes off as like, well, like you know, FTR and and, and Spears, they're veterans, right? And MJF is you know hasn't even had nearly as much experience as those guys, and now they are basically listen, listening to MJF and having MJF talk for them. Kind of comes off as like, why you know, like everybody should just speak for themselves that's the only problem i have with the pinnacle i don't know if, if that bothers you or anybody else but that just like to me as i'm sitting there watching them and i'm watching ftr just look at mjf the whole entire right. time while he talks about them it's just kind of like well i kind of want to hear from them as well I, I wish you know what it is and you know who's really opened up my eyes when it comes to like the inner circle and the pinnacle feud and i guess the placement on where they are um, Bully Ray on Busted Open because Bully mm-hmm. Ray makes like, a lot of good points and he's kind of opened up my eyes when it comes to certain aspects of both stables. Like he was saying, like when it comes to the inner circle, right? Jericho kind of helps everyone in the group, right? He 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 um, he puts them all over. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like MJF and the Pinnacle and this little and this could all change, right? I'm just going based on like the past couple weeks, especially this past week. Well, MJ, MJF's promo was amazing, right? He seemed like he was up here and the rest of the stable was right here. He was the only one in the stable that was wearing a different color suit. Everyone else was wearing black. He was the only yeah. one that was wearing a different color. So it's like you're kind of putting MJF like right here on the top while the rest of them are kind of just like henchmen for you. And I, I, and I don't – that wasn't the horseman, right? The horsemen, they were all equals. Like, yeah, Ric Flair was, like, the leader, and Ric Flair was the world champion, but they were all equals. I kind of wish they were kind of going that avenue, and maybe 
in the segment that we got with JR, they all would have spoken, right? Yeah. Instead of just MJF just talking. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't mind MJF being the leader because every stable needs a leader, but it doesn't mean he needs to take over and, and cut every single promo. And, you know, like I said, you want to hear from everybody else. And that's, I am glad you said that too with the horsemen. They, they were all equal. And this is how they should be too with the pinnacle. So I'd like to see more, um, <laughs> definitely, especially from like guys like FTR who are, we know and we've seen <laughs> could be great promos. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, dude. Uh, we haven't talked about this company too much. I don't think I've ever talked about this company with you on the show uh, as long as you've been on the show and even prior to that when you used to be a, a rotating third. Um, and, and due to the reason why we haven't talked about this is because, you know, we're still kind of like in this pandemic era. So they haven't been running shows with fans. But, yo, they, they made some big news this week and the ball's going to start ro- rolling. And that's for MLW. Court Bauer uh, announced that they inked the deal with Vice TV, which is huge. They're going to be, uh, you know, uh, debuting on May 1st. They're going to be running uh, some of their older stuff when, you know, kind of to get the, the familiar with the Vice audience of what MLW is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they also made some news that July 10th, they'll be uh, doing live tapings again right here at the ECW Arena, 2300 Arena in Philly, which I do have tickets because I've been holding on to these tickets since oh. 2020. Wow. So so I'll, you know, if all goes well, I'll be there. Um, but yeah, this is big for MLW. I'm not sure if you watched the MLW product, but at one point I was uh, a loyal follower of MLW. Unfortunately, now, with, you know, with COVID and pandemic, I haven't really been, I think, tuned to what, what's going on with the product, but I don't watch it really, religiously. But now that, you know, their ball is starting to roll again, I'm going to try to get back into MLW, especially now that you know, once July hits, you know, they're going to be rolling out new content and there's going to be fans in the, in, in their taping. So uh, what do you think about uh, MLW going to vice? And if anything, um, MLW is kind of be, it's kind of going to be like the lead in for dark side of the ring, the new uh, season coming up. So I think that's huge for uh, MLW. So what do you think? Yeah, that's cool. That, that really is cool. I actually didn't even realize that, that they're going to be a, uh, a lead into dark side of the ring. So you just mentioned that. I enjoy the dark side of the ring series so much. I can't wait for it to start up again, especially because they're doing one on, on Mox and uh, in Nick Gage or whatever they're doing. I saw the, the promo video looked really good. So yeah, I, I might check out MLW then if it's going to be a lead in for it. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not against MLW in any way. I haven't really watched their product too much just because, you know, it's just a simple fact that there's just too much wrestling to watch, you know, to consume right. another product. It's hard and I'm not going to invest in it in another product, but um you know, I know they, they've been, they've in the past, they've run shows at the 2300 Arena and stuff like that. And also Melrose Ballroom in uh, mm-hmm. Long Island City. Um, so I'm I'm not opposed to going to one of those shows sometime. I know they got a lot of good talent there. I know uh, Jacob Fatu, right? He's like the big star there. And yeah. he's like an up-and-comer. You got and, Tom um, Waller there. You know, Tom um, and I, uh, Park and his Leo son. Rush is a champion there now. Yeah, Leo Rush is the middleweight champion. You got uh, Jordan Oliver, Myron Reed. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good talent, um, Alex Hammerstone. There's a lot of good talent in MLW. And, you know, MLW to me, they're like the closest thing to ECW. Not when it comes to like the hardcore aspect of it, but just like this gritty underground uh, mm-hmm. S to it. Like it gives me a lot of like an uh, ECW vibe. You also have Laredo Kid. He's done, uh, he's done oh. shots with MLW. So they have a pretty good talent roster. Yeah. I mean, they used to have Shivani calling the shows too, right? Yeah. When, like, that, MJF that was, was his- on there. Pentagon and Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Um, I don't watch, but, you know, I, I do get Vice TV, so maybe I'll check it out, especially, like you said, if it's a lead-in to, um, 
you know, dark side. I'm not going to like invest heavily in it, but you know, if it's something to watch and I'm, you know, there's nothing else on, um, it's, it's cool to see. And, you know, it's cool for all, all the talent there and, and somebody too, like, uh, Alicia Toot, I think is the backstage, um, announcer for them too, yep. or, or interviewer. So it'd be yep. cool to see her get a spotlight on TV. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, of course it's great news. You know, it's a, just another place for people to work and, you know, another place to, to get eyeballs on, you know, especially if it's on a network that a lot of people get. So congratulations to them and, uh, you know, Court Bauer and everybody at M- MLW for, for the new TV deal. And I wish them success and it'd be cool to see them start running shows with fans again, you know, and, yeah. and doing live tapings. That's, that's coming sooner rather than later. I think this summer, I think JR said too, that AEW is going to go back on the road starting in mm-hmm. July. So man, with the vaccine coming in and, and everybody getting vaccinated, it's, we're getting there, man. And I'm excited to, to see fans back at live wrestling again. Yeah. ML, listen, MLW is a great product, man. When I, when I was watching the product religiously, I dude, it was, it's such an easy hour to watch. You get so much content in an hour, but not to the point where it's like everything jumping on one another. It's just such a good show. And I'm excited. I'm excited that they're back and, you know, they're getting this deal with vice. That means that uh, the boys are going to get more money, which is always a great thing. And like you said, it's another place for the boys to work for. You know, um, we were talking about last week with some of these releases, you know, I could see like a guy like Callisto, you know, popping in an MLW and tearing it up with the guys like Leo rush and some of the talent there, you know, if he's not going to go to new Japan or he could do uh, both, you know, cause look, look at Tom Waller. Tom Waller, he's with MLW, and he just won the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship uh, on Friday. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was wondering if we were going to mention that. I did not I did not see the match, but that's awesome to see for uh you know to him to be the the, the strong champion. And I'm hoping with this with, with like them pushing him and and him becoming the first champion. I'm hoping like this strong show is kind of like um, an audition to see like how these guys get over and right. um, how New Japan officials like them because then maybe they actually bring them over to Japan. You know, like I would love to see Filthy Tom over in actual in Japan and like I, on the undercard of like some of these shows. Title in the Tokyo Dome and Wrestle Kingdom. Why? Why the hell not? Why the, that would that would make that NJPW Strong Show that much bigger? Like that would just make it a bigger deal. Like bring those guys over, have have that championship defended. Why the hell not? You already retired, you know, the Intercontinental title. So, like, just bring that title in place, if I guess, if you want. Obviously not in prestige, but you know what I mean. Just have another championship defended that people would care about. Imagine right. Chris Dickinson versus Filthy Tom oh. for, the, for the title in the Tokyo Dome. That would be oh so good. That'd, that'd, be, that'd be freaking sick. So, I, that's why I think that NJPW Strong Show, and I feel like they struck gold with that. Because while people view it as, like, oh, it's only uh, for the young lions and things like that. Why should I care about it? Now, bringing a championship into the mix, that could make it a bigger deal. and you know, that's, that could be a valuable, you know, a, a hidden gem type of show. So yeah, that was, I, when I saw Filthy Tom win that, I was like, wow, that's just, this is really cool. I, I got excited to see the, cause you know, during the little celebration, you see Chris Dickinson kind of just eyeing down Tom Lawler and then we get the face off. So the, just the potential matchup that we're going to get between Dickinson and Tom Lawler, I think is going to be great. And just kind of talking about like all these companies and et cetera, you know, the forbidden door, you know, MLW has been the, one of those companies that, you know, they're being kind of under the radar, but they're kind of somewhat involved in this too. Cause you see talent like, you know, Leo Rush, Tom Lawler, um, yeah, getting you know, popping up in, in yeah. MLW and then New Japan strong, you know, I could put we could potentially see the new, uh, the new Japan strong open weight championship defended at the Tokyo dome and Russell kingdom. I don't think that's out of the question at all. I really don't. I don't think that's, um, a, a, a wild thought because I think that could potentially happen. Of course, you know, we've got a long ways to go for that, but who knows if, 
let's let's see how this championship goes, how the show continues to go throughout the rest of the year. Oh, man, I, I'm rooting for that because why the hell not? E- Dude, even if even if the, it's on a, on the pre-show, right? If even if they replace like the New Japan Rumble and have those two guys on a pre-show, I'd be down for that. Just the fact that those guys would be in the Tokyo Dome wrestling for you know a championship, a New Japan title, would mm-hmm. be pretty cool. So uh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm rooting for Filthy Tom. I'm rooting for the show to continue to be successful. And um, yeah, I just thought that was really cool when, when I saw that he ended up winning that belt. I, I got to check out the match. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm sure it was a great match. But it was a good match. It was a good match. He, he faced off with Brody King, right? Brody King, yep. Yeah, it was a good Very match. Cool. Um, also, you know, with the New Japan stuff, too, we also seen Rocky Romero pop up in MLW. So it seems like there's True. a type of relationship there, too. So um, that's something we need to keep our eye on. All right, dude, let's wrap up. Let's talk about Impact's Rebellion, bro. It goes down tonight. Mar Ronaldo will return to wrestling. Ooh. He will call the main event. I can't wait for that. Um, sidebar, I was going to leave this at the end of the show, and I'll, uh, I'll do my plugs, but, you know, I won't be watching this show live. Ryan will, so make sure you follow Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. He'll keep mm-hmm. you up to date. I will not be uh, watching it live, and I'll tell you guys later why I'm not. So make sure you follow at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter for you know to keep up to date what's going on with Rebellion. All right, dude, let's uh, let's give some quick predictions, bro. Um, we'll start with this match because wasn't it reported that Eric Young was hurt? But um, I don't know yeah, when that yeah. happened. I don't, but um. Are they gonna? Is there gonna be an audible here? Is Eric Young wrestling with an injury? But as of right now, there's been no changes made. So we have Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, Willie Mack. I guess you could call them Team Impact versus mm-hmm. Violent by Design, Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring, and Rhino. Um, listen, man, there's a lot of talent in this match. Even if Eric yeah. Young's not in this match and they get a replacement, there's a lot of talented people in this match. I expect this to be a pretty fun eight man tag. Yeah, me too. And you know, I was wondering that too because when I saw the the graphic, you know, Eric Young's in it, but there was reported that he had a, like an ACL tear, right? So, but see, this is the problem I have with Impact because this wouldn't be if if they call an audible last minute and he he gets pulled from this match. This wouldn't be the first time they've done something like this where they right. advertise somebody that they know is not going to compete and then mm-hmm. they pull him at the last second when the pay per view is on the air. I hate that. Um, why not tease if, if they're going to pull them and they're going to have like a surprise guy, why not just tease that right now? Get, get some more, uh, buzz right. behind that. Right. I don't like when they do that. Um, cause obviously I don't think Eric Young is going to go. I don't, I don't know why like the report would be wrong that he's got an ACL tear. I'm, I'm pretty sure he does. So I don't know. I'm interested to see I, <laughs> the match would be great. I'm more interested to see what happens with Eric Young in that more so than the actual match. As far right. as who I think is going to win, I don't really – I'm just going to throw Violent by Design out there. I feel like they that, that group is um, is interesting. I I love the name. I think the name is so badass, so cool. They look like badasses walking out there. The theme song is so sick, Eric Young's right. theme song. Right. Oh, man, I just think the, the, they struck gold with that as Eric Young being the leader. I think this is what Eric Young was made to do. Obviously, yep. we saw with Sanity and NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really freaking cool. I just – I'm obsessed with the name. Uh, but, yeah, I think the big question here is to see, is there Eric Young competing? And if not, right. who who replaces him? Because, I right. mean, I'm not that familiar with, like, I mean, I, I'm, I stay up to date with Impact. I'm really excited for the pay-per-view. But I don't know, like, off the top of my head who could be a, a suitable replacement right. for him in this group. Yeah, um, if Eric can't go and he's not wrestling tonight, um, just based on what was reported in the past, 
I do hope that Eric Young still stays around to be kind of like a mouthpiece, kind of like MVP yeah. in the Hurt business. Because like you said, Violent by Design, uh, VBD, I I'm enjoying everything they're doing too. And even like Rhino, dude, like at the at the tail end of his career that he's in right now, he looks like a badass again, just being associated with Eric Young and being part of the stable. You know, his hair looks all fucking crazy like he did in ECW. It's just crazy to see what, you know, how the stable just kind of works, but I'm going with VBD, uh, VBD by and by design. Uh, they need to win. Um, it won't hurt Eric. Uh, uh, I mean, Eddie Edwards, James Stone, Willie Mack, Chris Saban. It won't hurt them. You know, them taking the L by, uh, by and by design. I tell you a match that I don't give a shit about. And that's Matt Cardona, <laughs> Matt Cardona versus <laughs> Brian Myers. I think this is the weakest match on the card. Um, you know, well, I guess when you compare both of them, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, I think people would automatically say like Matt Cardona is like the Sean of the two, but I kind of enjoy Brian Myers work more in impact than yeah. I do Matt Cardona. I just feel like everything Matt Cardona, Cardona has done post up to be, in my opinion, I feel like it's a miss. I'm just not invested. I don't care. I'm more invested in Brian Myers. So I'm going to go with Brian Myers on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I just feel like this thing is weird because, like, obviously these two guys have a big podcast together, right? right. Like the Wrestling Figure Podcast. And I don't listen to it, but, like, like, are they kind of, like, kayfabing the whole – like, are they, like, acting – like, are they acting like they're feuding during, like, recordings of their podcast? Like, I just find it weird that these two are feuding. But people I, – I can't take it serious because I just know that, like, they're such good buddies. They're such good friends. They work together. They – they got the podcast. They got everything going on with the major wrestling figures stuff. I just can't take a feud between them serious. But classic Impact, man. That's just that's just how they operate. Um, Vintage Impact. It's yeah. Um, but you know what? We've seen these two in tag action. Now we get to see them one on one. I don't know if it's ever happened before. I've never seen it happen um, ever in WWE. I, or I don't recall. Like it may yeah. it may have happened in main event back in the day. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, who the hell watches that? But right. hey, whatever. I, I'm with you, though. I could not give a shit less about this um, at all. I'll tell you a match that I do give a shit about, and that's the triple threat match for the X Division Championship. Ace also defending against jo Josh Alexander, TJP. I think this match is going to be great. It's, it's oh, a yeah. contrast of styles, but I feel like it's going to work. Uh, Josh Alexander, I feel like he's very underrated. And I know people, when you when you talk about the North, everybody instantly talks about Ethan Page. But mm -hmm. Josh Alexander, I mean, he has the work ethic. Like, to me, his work ethic is like Kurt Angle-esque. That's how good Josh Alexander is. TJP, we know what he could do in the ring. And Ace Austin, dude, I think he's amazing. I think he retains. But this match should be fun. Yeah, you know, I'm really glad that, uh, you know, the North came to an end, Ethan Page moved on, because now they could spotlight Josh Alexander in a big way, and they, he could show what he could do as a singles guy, which is what he originally was, a singles guy. You know, they threw right. him in with a tag team with Ethan Page, and those two clicked, and it worked, which is great, and they had a great run, uh, you know, such a memorable, um, you know, run with the, those tag titles. But now I'm interested to see him as a singles guy. I agree with you. I'm really looking forward to this. This is like X Division action to me. Like this is what the X Division was made on. Like three guys like this. They let's see if they complement their styles well. I'm sure that they will. Like you said, TJP is outstanding. We all know that. I'm a huge Ace, uh, Ace Austin guy. If there is one guy from Impact that I'd love to see, like in an AEW or something like that. Like if you're asking me one guy from Impact that I just I'm very high on, Ace Austin is that guy. This dude is a freaking star. Um, he he should be world champion. He right. eventually, hopefully, will be. 
I don't see him dropping this belt, though, because I believe he just won it recently, if I'm not mistaken. He won um, it at so, Sacrifice, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I am very high on this match, very high on Ace Austin, and I just feel like it's impossible for him to drop this belt this soon. I tell you what, man, with this forbidden door being open, I know we were talking about, like, the G1 and stuff, but, man, Ace Austin would be a perfect guy for, like, the best of the Super Juniors. Super Juniors, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, another match that should be really, really good, and that's Trey Miguel versus Sammy Callahan, last man standing match. Yeah. Listen, I like both guys here, but I'm going with my boy Sammy Callahan, especially the teases that he's been doing with, uh, with like these kind of like backstage, like YouTube, uh, social media clips with Don Callis saying like, "Hey, whoever, I don't care who wins at um Rebellion, but whoever's world champion, I'm gunning for that mm -hmm. person." I think this is the perfect storm where Sammy Callahan picks up a big win and he has his claim. Yeah, it, it's tough for me to pick a winner here because I could really see it going either way because they've really been pushing Trey Miguel as a singles guy ever since he returned to Impact after his buddies left. But then, like you said, you make a good point with Callahan kind of teasing that he's coming for, you know, Kenny Omega, you would assume, if he wins the Impact World title. So I just feel like it would be weird for him to go after Omega if he can't even beat uh, Trey Miguel here. I think even in defeat, though, Trey will look like a star. I right. feel like this match is going to be so badass because it's so believable that these guys are just like hate each other's guts. The last mm -hmm. man standing gimmick really helps make this, you know, really a high, highly anticipated match. And it's one of the ones I'm looking forward to most on the card for tonight. So it's a toss up. I'll, I'll probably uh, agree with you with Sammy Callahan going over, but I wouldn't be shocked if Trey Miguel goes over. And even if he does, it doesn't hurt Sammy Callahan at all because Sammy's taken losses right. like this on impact pay-per-views in the past. And it's, you know, he's still one of their biggest stars. So definitely a match I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to kick ass. Especially Sammy Callahan, when it comes to these type of matches, he's in his element and he usually brings the best out of his opponents. So I feel like he's going to bring Trey to a different level, even if defeat uh, with Trey Miguel catching, potentially catching an L. I he, think Trey's going to still look great. He, and Sammy Callahan always does something in these matches that makes you like want to look away from the TV screen. Like he's just so like gruesome and, oh, dude, you just can't get enough. Like this is what Sammy Callahan thrives in these type right. of matches. And right. you know what? That's why Impact is the perfect place for Sammy. This is why he loves it there. This is why he should just stay there for as long as he can because I just feel like he's not going to be able to do these things in other companies as much, and this is where he thrives in these type of matches. We've seen it with Pentagon Jr. at his mm -hmm. anniversary event a few years ago. Uh, just, dude, he's just a sick, twisted, uh, disgusting human being. And I, I love Sammy Callahan, but he's just yeah. so gross. But he's got to love it. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> Has a man. All right, tag team uh, title match. We have Finjuice defending the Impact Tag Titles against the Good Brothers. He, I would like to see Finjuice retain, but I'm going to go with the Good Brothers. The simple reason is because, you know, I feel like the main event is going to go in one direction. And if it goes in that direction, I feel like the whole elite needs to be holding gold here and i think you know the time with finjuice holding those impact tag titles is up especially with um finjuice you know going to new japan and stuff and being out there for a significant amount of time um don't get me wrong i think it was a, it was a pretty cool call putting the titles on finjuice and then having them rock those titles in new japan and hopefully somewhere down the line for some of these big events, we we see the Impact Tag Titles getting defended in, in New Japan and some of the New Japan shows at somewhere down the line. Um, but you know what? I also feel like the putting the straps on Finjuice was like a sign of good faith from Impact to New Japan, saying like, "Hey, yeah. 
this is a different regime now. We're going to do things right. And hopefully uh, this relationship continues. But I'm going to go with the Good Brothers. I think they're going to capture uh, the Impact Tag titles. And they're going to be a two-time chance in Impact Wrestling. Yeah, you know, that, that was kind of the, the way to, to, to get this feud uh, to continue, right? Is to take the belts off of Good Brothers throw them on fin juice they could bring them to japan maybe some of the you know the japanese audience over there will see those impact titles you know when they they come out on the you know the uh, undercard tag matches and maybe that got some people to tune into impact you know maybe that was the plan it also just goes to show how serious the relationship is between new japan and impact so definitely the right decision to put those belts on that, those guys and it was a shocking decision i remember being shocked when i saw yeah. it happen so i thought it was um, i thought it was crazy but great yeah. at the same time Oh, yeah, it was freaking awesome. But, yeah, I agree with you. They got to be coming back to the States here. I mean, we obviously, we know Impact is, is taped. So, he's, you know, Finn Juice could could retain. And then I'm sure there's tapings this week. And then they'll be sticking around for those. They film the next six weeks of television. And Finn Juice mm -hmm. will be on TV, even if they're right. in Japan at the time. So, they could. But I just feel like putting it on the Good Brothers is the way to go. And like you said, especially if Omega does end up being Impact World Champion, even if he doesn't, Omega still has the AEW World title. I just feel like they all got to be holding gold to really establish them as like, you know, the top group again. And um, I think it's going to be a great match. But yeah, I think the, the titles come back home to the Good Brothers. Knockouts Tag Team Championship match. Fire and Flavor, Kara Hogan, Tasha Steeles versus Jordan Grace. And her mystery partner is now Rachel Ellering. I think this Hell match yeah. is going to be good, but champs got to retain. I don't want to see the title switch over. There's rumors that Jordan Grace, uh, her contract will be up soon. I don't know when that is. I don't know if she's resigning with Impact Wrestling. But um, we got to keep those titles on Fire and Flavor. I'm enjoying the work Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles are doing. Uh, and yeah, keep those tag straps on them. I actually think we're going to see new champions tonight. Oh, um, wow. I, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know about Jordan Grace's contract status. Um, if that's true, then maybe I might change my mind. As of right now, I'm going with new tag champs. I feel like, okay. uh, I feel like this team is a match made in heaven. Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, like, man, like when Jazz was, um, you know, uh, teasing that there was going to be a mystery person, you know, it's funny. I read a while ago that Rachel Ellering, Ellering was at these tapings, but like when she was teasing a mystery person, I just totally forgot that, like, about Rachel Ellering. So I, I was, see, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. I had no idea Rachel Ellering was at these tapings a while back. I mean, God, this this is why I, I just feel like Impact shouldn't tape so far in advance because it's kind of like ruins my viewing if I like end but up you, seeing the spoiler. But you know what's the beauty also about them doing like all these weeks of taping, right? Think about it like this: when they did the what was it the was it the sacrifice? I don't know if it was sacrifice or no surrender when they teased the whole. Uh, Juice thing. Think about yeah. that. That was taped in advance, yeah. and they kept that tight lip. And then when that little promo thing got shot, and they they showed it at the end of the pay per view, the fucking wrestling world exploded. And then it, it was perfect timing because in the following morning, Meltzer's breaking all this fucking news between AEW, New Japan, and Impact, and nobody was even talking about Takeover. So yeah. while it's crazy that they're taping all this content, at the same time, it's kind of working to Impact's benefit. Yeah, no, it definitely works in their advantage. I mentioned we've mentioned that in the past too about how like they could easily have Omega be world champion on on the show every single week, right? And he doesn't have to fly to Nat from Nashville or Jacksonville. He'll get the tapings already. He'll be there. Same with Finn Juice. They were in Japan, but they were still on the show, for example, because they were at the tapings. It definitely works in their advantage. I'm just a live wrestling guy. Like I just right. nothing better than watching a live show instead of a taped one. Because sometimes you could tell it's obviously taped, and it's just kind of like the. Uh, 
but impact has been doing this tape thing for so long now. I don't see it changing. Um, but nonetheless, I just, I love seeing Rachel L- Ellering there and impact. I am high on her because I just feel like she's never gotten a big time opportunity yep. and she's perfect right. for the impact knockouts division. I, I, I really uh, think she is, has potential to be the next big thing. And I just feel like those two holding the championships would be really cool together. So I'm, I'm calling new champs. So we'll see what happens. I expect the match to be really, really good. All right. Women's uh, impact knockouts championship match. Deanna Prazo. Neil Dashwood, there's no way Deanna Ferraza is dropping this title. Deanna's going to retain, and I'm, I'm curious to see what I'm. I'm more curious to see after Deanna retains, who's going to be that next female in line. That's what I'm more curious in. Um, no disrespect to Neil Dashwood, but there's no way she's winning this. I don't know about you, but man, Neil Dashwood's run in Impact has just been, in my opinion, a complete dud. Uh, I just feel like she would be better suited in the AEW Women's Division. I just feel like she is – they have so much talent in that knockout division. Mm-hmm. She should be in a more prominent role than she right. is. And I just feel like she's just floating around. Like, she comes in with Caleb Caleb Conley, uh, does some weird backstage shit. Like, I just don't think this is it. Like, like come on. Like, Emma was huge in NXT. Right. Everybody was excited to see what she was going to do outside of the WWE. This ain't it, man. And this just could be my opinion, but this ain't it. She don't click for me in Impact. Um, I expect the match to be really good. Deanna should not lose the belt because Deanna Perrazzo is freaking just tremendous. She is uh, just, it was a blessing in disguise when she left NXT and she became a huge star in Impact. I love it. I've just been enjoying her work so much. She's perfect. She's awesome. Um, We'll see what happens after that. I'm I'm with you. I don't know who's going to step up to Deanna and eventually dethrone her as the champion, but it shouldn't be Tamil Dashwood. And like I said, I just, I feel like she should be in a better role or in a better spot than what he's currently doing. More more on the whole Tennille Dashwood thing, you know what? You could pretty much say that about everything she's done post-WWE. I feel like it's been a dud. Her run in Ring of Honor was a dud. Oh, yeah. I barely even remember that. Yeah, the the, the shit that she's been doing in Impact has been a dud. She hasn't really done anything memorable. And I remember going to a a WrestlePro show, not the – this is before pandemic. So let's say roughly – Maybe like two years ago, give or take, right? And I remember even her reaction at that show wasn't that great. And I forgot who she was, who she was wrestling. But I remember, I remember the crowd like even turned on her, and I was like, "Wow!" It caught me by like surprise a little bit. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know what, what's up with Tennille Dashwood. I really don't understand the. It's the almost like I don't even care about her when she's right. on. And like I hate right. that feeling because I was like so excited when she left. Right, I loved her in NXT and, and WWE in general, but I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, uh, one thing um, I want to mention that's Deanna Peraza related. So you know, I, I was mentioning to you uh, off there that during the week because of work, I kind of watch these shows like on delay at times or I kind of just watch it like after the show to even air. And with yeah. Impact as of late, I haven't been watching live on Twitch because I usually get home lights, but I still I'm I'm invested in Impact, so I, I still want to watch the show. Mm-hmm. So I recently just found out, and I meant to say this like a week or so ago on the show. I just found out that on, on the Impact Plus app, without like signing like a subscription where you pay for it, you could actually watch the show on there for oh, free. Really? Like like after it airs already, or like yeah. or like when it's going right. on. Yeah, normally, like, you could watch it. Like, so, like, let's say I got home the other night, like, at 
940, whatever. I went on there, and the show was already on there. You could watch it on demand. Oh, wow. So for those people that don't have access TV, because I switched cable providers, I don't have access TV no more. And I used to watch it on Twitch. But like I said, the thing with Twitch, and here's the problem with Twitch, right? You could watch it live. But like, let's say if you get there, like, let's say you're watching, you get there, you get to the feed, like, let's say an hour into the show, you can't rewind back an hour and watch it. Yeah. You got to watch it like live as it watching airing. So that's, that's pretty, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me, but yeah, you could watch it. You could watch the whole episode on impact plus. And the thing is there's no commercials or anything. So instead of getting two hours of content with commercial, it's like an hour, like 40 or something like that. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, I luckily do get access TV, so um, you know, I don't have that problem. But it's good to know for people that you know can't watch it live or don't get access. And you know, I've never tried watching it on Twitch, but I can't imagine it's you know, it's all that good on there. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. The, but the Twitch feed is not bad because the Twitch feed with during the commercial breaks they show um a lot of like old content like during commercial breaks. Yeah, so you I heard get, that. Like, yeah. So you get like TNA stuff or whatever. Um, but the reason why I also was bringing all this up and then relating it back to Deanna Perrazzo. So this week I like, I don't know why it, it grabbed my attention, but I'm watching like the the intro of Impact, right? And they still have, they still show Ty of Valkyrie getting stretched <laughs> by Deanna Perrazzo. I'm like, oh, yeah. not in the company no more. Get like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe that's, maybe that's, that's one of the uh, things about the tape show is they didn't get to edit in edit the <laughs> intro. I don't know. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's talk about this main event. Um, Rich Swan, Impact World Champion versus Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion, Championship versus Championship. Winner takes all. Before, I, and I think we both know... Well, we all know what direction this should go to, right? But I just want to touch on this real quick. Because, like... I was listening to Jericho's podcast this week with Rich Swan, and it's a really great listen. Really great listen. I recommend people to listen to it. And I'm just thinking about, man, the run that Rich Swan has been on as Impact World Champion. I, I want to say, like, when we talk about, like, the 10 wrestlers of the year, I think Rich Swan can make this list. Sure. I think I think Rich, what Rich Swan's been doing, it's like, wow, man, like, Rich Swan's running Impact, and even as Impact World Champion, has been really, really good. Um, you know, on paper, when the what was it, Hard to Kill? That was the first pay per view of Impact this year, right? When they had yep. like the three on three. Um, not saying, not not discrediting, not discrediting uh, Rich Swan's work ethic or anything like that, but like I didn't know how that face off was going to be between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega. But man, Rich Swan held his own and. I expect this match to be that good, and I think this match we could talk about at the end of the year. I think it's going to be one of those matches, even without a live audience. I think this match is going to be amazing. And at the end of the night, we're going to see Kenny Omega being a triple crown champion with the AAA Mega Championship, the AEW World Championship, and then also the Impact World Championship. Um, What do you think we're going to get here tonight? Yeah, so, um, you know, these are two guys that, like, I never – thought I wanted to see face off against each other, but now I actually really do. And God, Rich Swan is so damn good at what he does. Kenny Omega, obviously best wrestler in the world. No doubt about that. Uh, I agree. I, I, I'm prepared to put this match on my match of the year list after it's all said and done, because I think it's going to be that good. Already? Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm about to put it on with 1252. I'm, I'm probably going to put it on right now. I may <laughs> jinx myself, but I, I probably should because I'm, I'm, a really big believer in this match is going to be really good. 
But I agree with you, Rich Swan. What a story. What a turnaround. What just a full circle, like, mm-hmm. you know, from getting released to, you know, I mean, not, not that he had a bad run in WWE, you know, he became the Cruiserweight champ, but he was like dancing all this stuff and whatever. And like, he was just like doing some hokey <laughs> and weird shit. And, you know, um, then, then he gets uh, released because of an incident that happened with him and his wife and right. um, all that type of stuff. And basically just, completely rejuvenating his career and turning mm-hmm. it around in a huge way, battling an injury that he yep. put him on a shelf for so long. I mean, what a story for Rich Swan, man. And uh, to see him in this match, it's well-deserved. Yep. Kenny Omega should win, um, you know, and I think he, he will. The only thing here is, like, I don't know about you, but I just feel like this should be a bigger deal than it is. And by that, I mean, we've literally seen – zero promotion on AEW. Like if you were an AEW viewer and you only watched AEW, you didn't pay attention to Impact, you didn't watch Impact at all, you would never know unless you watched, I know they aired a commercial this past week, but even before they aired the the, the Rebellion commercial, you would never know that the AEW world champion could potentially lose his championship this weekend. Right. Like, like To one of of your guys. Right. To, to, To one of... Well, not not to one of you, to the AEW guys, to like an, an Impact guy, yeah. a guy that the AEW audience, like I said, they don't pay attention to Impact, would never even know existed unless like, you know, they used to watch WWE. But again, Rich Swan's run there was not memorable. So probably forgot all about him. That's my problem with this is you, you like we didn't see Rich Swan on AEW promoting this, right? Like we didn't see like this partnership to me is so odd because it's basically like AEW helping Impact. And Impact not helping AEW. Not that Impact needs to help AEW, but there's no talent share besides the Good Brothers. You know, we've seen the private party. We've seen Matt Hardy. We've seen Kenny, obviously. But, like, where's the, like, cross-promotion? Like, I just didn't see it on AEW's part. So, yeah, Kenny Omega should win tonight. But if he does, and then he comes out on AEW next week with the Impact World Championship, it's going to confuse a lot of the audience because they're going to be like, well, where the hell did he just get this championship from? It's kind of like when John Moxley showed up with the U.S. championship from from New Japan, and it was just like no mention of that beforehand. Here comes Moxley with his big bright red belt, and it's like what? Like where did that come from? But you know what? When I- Omega brings the uh, the AAA Mega Belt with him, I just feel like it's a big swing and miss to really promote this as a bigger deal. You know, I just I feel like it's not as big of a deal as it should be. And that might I, just I, be me, but that's how I feel about it. I do agree with you in the sense that AW I feel like they should have promoted it more as this being a big deal. I know Tony Khan went on record, I think it was on Busted Open saying like, Oh, the reason why we don't really promote impact like that is because I legit pay and I don't know if he if he was working people by saying yeah, that. Right, right, me neither. But but um he, he did say like, Oh, I've legit paid I legit pay for my ads for Impact or whatever. Um, you know, if Impact wants to run uh, ads on AEW, you know, as long as they cough up the money, that I have no problem with it, whatever. Now, I don't know if that was a work or he was shooting there, but um, Deanna Peraza also went on record on Busted Open this week and said, like, you know, she feels like the Knockouts Championship is the premier women's championship in wrestling. And she said, like, you know, she would like to have a title versus title or, like, some type of big matchup with some of the talent in AEW, you know, um, and which I would be totally intrigued by also uh, potential knockouts versus uh, a, uh, one of AEW's women, you know, top women's talents. Also, 
Well, I, I do get what you're saying about like, hey, maybe some of the AEW audience doesn't know what an impact or New Japan is. I feel like the AEW audience is more aware on certain things no. compared yeah. to like a WWE audience. Like if there's some WWE shows that legit only care about WWE and only watch WWE, that's it. They, they don't give a shit about what's happening in Japan or some of these other promotions. They don't give a shit about none of that stuff. I feel like for the most part, the, the I'll say like the majority of the AEW audience, they either follow all these other companies or are in tune on what's going on in other companies. No, no, no. I agree 100% because, you know, AEW is booked that way. It's booked with the notion of like people already know. So like when Kenta showed up, it wasn't like a big surprise to everybody because everybody knew that he was feuding with Mox and he was teasing showing up. I'm talking about the like, I just feel like AEW can't necessarily book like that all the time. Like even, right. when, even when they bring things from being the elite onto Dynamite, you can't just expect that everybody yeah. watches being the elite and then right. put a storyline from being the elite on AEW and expect people to know. Um, and then, you know, going back to what you said about what Tony Khan said on Busted Open, if he's not kayfabing, what a swing and a miss by impact to <laughs> not pay and have right. ads run on Dynamite. Like, like that to me, and I know I hate to say it, but that's like typical impact. Like, wow, right. like same old impact. Like, how do you not take advantage of that and cough up right. some money and, and put some ads on there and like do what Tony Khan was doing on that show? <clears throat> Why can't you have Scott Demore go on and, and on record and, you know, or even what, uh, remember what Tony Khan, Rip Baker, um, <laughs> Private Brian Party, Kate, was it? Ricky Starks, Starks. Why can't you have <clears throat> a backstage crew from Impact? You know, Deanna, Eddie, Sammy Callahan, for example, doing the same thing for, you know, on the AEW guys. Like, right. just a big swing and miss. And like I said, I, I completely agree with you. Everybody is aware. I'm just talking about, like, and I, I don't think there is a, such a thing as a casual viewer. I hate when people say that because nobody is flipping through the channels every single week and going, oh, what's this AEW? And watching that, nobody's doing that, okay? AEW has its hardcore fans. I just feel like sometimes, and th in this instance, AEW shouldn't book as if people should just automatically know right. what's going on outside of the company. That's just my thing. <clears throat> um, it might be a nitpick, but I don't know. Either way, I think Omega should win here. It would be huge for Impact. And um, I'd be interested to see where it goes. And it's tricky because you put the Impact Championship on him, right? He can't lose that Impact Championship until at least he loses the AEW World Championship. All so right. And that we'll, will be interesting to see how they book this moving forward. We'll wrap up with this. Um, because I want to throw this, I want to throw this out there. Any chance Ace Austin cashes in option C with that X Division championship against Kenny Omega? Um, that would be huge for Ace Austin. I don't see that happening just because I just don't think Kenny Omega in general should be beat if he's gonna lose. He can't lose. Uh, I mean, unless it's like some like really like lot of shenanigans, like, you know, right. and there's some like things that go down, then yeah, that's a possibility. Um, is that a thing though? Option C that like at any time the, the X division champ can cash into. Yeah. The last time that happened was a uh, Brian cage. He had the X division championship and he cashed an option C on John Morrison. See, I only think I only thought, I mean, you know, I only thought that was like a thing at Destination X. I mean, no. they run that pay per view anymore. No, no, no. That you could do it at, like, oh. it, it started at Destination <laughs> X when that was still like a pay per view. 
I think now Destination X might be like one of the uh, Impact Plus things, what but what a shame! What a freaking shame! God, that was but, like a, such a big pay per view. But but back in the day. but um, but listen, remember lockdown? Lockdown isn't a thing either. I, it's a, yeah, I, it's a shame, man. They took away some good pay per views from back in the heyday. But, but team, Option man. C is still yeah. a thing, though. Um, if it is, man, then they should really push that more. They should really use that more as like. A bigger deal like see that's the thing like i think too deep into it but you know this is just how i think it's like not, not that i think that's gonna happen but man like like that that should make the x division championship like a bigger deal like you could possibly cash in that 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 belt i guess at any time to win the world championship like that should be promoted more Right. Like, I don't know, but that's you know that's impact. I guess you know I don't know. I mean, like I said, I hate that's to shit on them impact. That's impact. And I really hate to shit on them, but it's just like, man, like, come on, you got some good right. shit here. Like, like, right. right. Like, promote it more. Um, right. Hey, that, that would be cool if that happened, but I don't know. I, I just don't see Omega losing, and if he does, it's got to be in some really weird way to make him not look weak because again, yeah. he's at the top of his game right now. The 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 way I want this is I, I want. Kenny Omega to just start collecting belts, dude. Um, I hope he pop, you know, hope if he listen, especially on the how impact is running, like with these tape episodes, and even when they um start taping live events in front of uh crowds again, remember they do like four weeks of taping at these taping shows, so or like two weeks of taping, whatever it is. Like, I kind of want it, and it, I kind of want to see Kenny Omega pop up in these shows, and if he pops the best champion, why not, you know, let him hold the title and. You know, see where we go from here. You know, um, it's gonna we'll be interesting, happens, man. Bro. It really, it, it, it's, it's intriguing for sure. Like I said, all these companies working together, it's definitely cool. Like I said, I just wish it was promoted a little bit more. That's just me. Um, at the end of the day, though, I'm looking forward to the match and yeah. uh, looking forward to seeing the moment. Uh, I mean, who would have ever thought? I mean, granted, it happens. I'm sure it will. Who would have ever thought Kenny Omega would be Impact Wrestling World Champion? Like, oh my <laughs> god. Not. Like, jeez. It's so fucking nuts, man. You know what? And that's the dope thing about wrestling when they just do crazy shit like this, you know? Yeah, this is the best part about being a fan, dude, is like, yeah. you just never know what's going to happen sometimes. Anything's possible. All right, Ryan. Let's wrap up. Give me your plugs, man, dude. All right, man. At Lucha Outsiders um, on Twitter tonight, if you're watching Rebellion, definitely tune in, chime in on the conversation. I'll do my best, obviously, to, to live tweet the show. I'm looking forward to it. So definitely follow on there. At Royal Ramble Wrestling, definitely follow on there as well because throughout these these shows too, Brian does a great job with um, you know updating posts as the show is going on. So if you're not watching, you can definitely check that out. Um, yeah, you can obviously check out Lucha Outsiders on Instagram, but Mario won't be active on there tonight. So mm-hmm. but definitely check that out for future at Wrestle Radar on Instagram and Twitter. Also on YouTube, Wrestling Radar. We've been posting a lot of videos uh, recently. My brother just made a big purchase. Um, for a, a championship belt that he bought on WWE Shop. So check that out, um, as well as different videos that we've been uploading. So, uh, yeah, go subscribe. And, of course, I always got to mention at Ryan underscore Moderano, my, my personal. Don't give a shit if you follow me or not, but go for it if you if you please. Dude, so I was um, – this past week I was watching uh, your the, the Russell Radar vlogs when you guys were at Mania, right? Yeah. Yo, you know who popped me so fucking much in these videos, bro? Your boy, what's his name? Uh, Falcone. Fal- Fal- yeah, yeah. Yo, that that dude is fucking hilarious. When y'all <laughs> went to the, when y'all went to the superstore and when y'all were coming out, and he said, I think he said something down the lines like, "Oh, 
just come to the store. We're going to sell you a whole bunch of shit that you don't even fucking need. I laughed so fucking hard at that. Yeah. And just the back and forth between him and Nick. Oh, man. That, <laughs> dude, is, that dude is fucking hilarious, bro. He is. He is. He's funny as hell, man. He's He was a great... You know, we've been friends with him for a while. And he, uh, we actually went on our first trip. Well, we've been on trips with him in the past, but he came with us this time. And yeah, he was, he was just a fun time. And the bicker... You should have seen like the off the screen when cameras weren't rolling the bickering that was going on between him and nick and yeah just just funny stuff so yeah he's he, he's hilarious well hopefully hopefully now um that things are starting to open up or whatever um and you know we're all getting vaccinated i'm fully vaccinated as of uh Good. friday so uh you know uh hopefully when things are open up or whatever like I, I, even though I've hung out with some of the people from the Royal Ramble crew, um, yeah. that kid is fucking hilarious, man. He had me cracking up in these YouTube fucking videos, man. Yeah, yeah. He, you'll, you'll definitely meet him at some point, I'm sure. Like I said, he goes to all the, the shows that we go to. He travels and everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, man, things get back to normal. I can't wait to start going to, to shows in general because it's just been too long. It's been way too long. Yeah. Leo, let me get your plugs in. LosRadio.com. <laughs> that's it that's it bro short and sweet losradio.com short and sweet and to the point there you go so now people I'm, have no excuse to go and check it out because this, i'm not gonna title this episode the return of the ghost of leo but i think i'm gonna add this in the fucking bio of the of the episode <laughs> and we also get the return of the ghost of leo <laughs> yeah hey i'm here though i learned a lot about wrestling which i didn't watch this week i'm sorry <laughs> so uh let me uh so let's give a shout out to uh i guess you could call him like an original lucha outsider you know he was uh uh with yeah. us some, the early days of lucha outsiders um you know the big talk the big dog tone our boy antonio yeah the, big reason, dog. the big dog so um the reason why i won't be watching rebellion tonight is because i'm going to a wedding and it's tone's wedding so congratulations to the big dog tone big tone um we were talking last night. Um, I told him, dude, whenever you want to come come back to wrestling shows with us or whatever, um, you know, you, you'll meet a whole bunch of different people. Uh, and because he said what he used to do, he actually used to take pictures for us. So if you go to our Facebook page, he was our photographer. Uh, he would he used to take a lot of pictures for us, like in a professional camera. Yeah. He took a, a lot of good pictures. So um, he used to do that for us or whatever. And, you know, life, um, you know gets busy whatever so he stopped coming but you know he's more welcome to come back to uh, with us to do and he books his wedding on impact rebellion night the night kenny omega is going to win the impact world Championship. i know and I he deserves you. a congratulation <laughs> <laughs> i told him i told him last night too because I, I got to hang out hang out with him for a little bit and some of my high school buddies i told him like bro you know how much i love you i'm <laughs> fucking missing kenny omega and rich swan you know title versus title to be at this wedding Okay, um, that's so. That's that's dedication, right there. He he owes you one. He he he, he, he got to buy you dinner at some point. Um, Joel, joking aside, though, congratulations to him. And uh, and I don't know him uh, at all, but all the, the best. The big dog. Have, have fun at the wedding tonight because weddings are always a blast, man. They are just, yeah. So um, if you want to see what the gimmick I'm wearing, if you want to see me, if you want to see your boy dressed like an adult instead of dressing like a man child, <laughs> um, follow me at Rated R since '87. But if you don't want to follow me. In the words of Ryan, I don't give a shit. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsider everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like I said before, I will not be live on Instagram tonight because I'll be at the wedding. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. 
because Ryan will be alive on there. Um, and then, you know, maybe within the middle of the night, you'll see my thoughts or, <laughs> or uh, on the, on the pay-per-view and the main event, but um, make sure you follow us everywhere at Lucha Outsiders. If you missed anything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I too, SoundCloud, only fancy Apple podcast. Soon I miss that low Sister, sister, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it by the merch. I thought, you know what, it's funny, I thought that uh, this episode wasn't going to be that long, but we did two hours again, bro. We no always problem. do, man. So, hey, but, listen, it's rare that nothing happens to talk about, but even when we have little content, dude, we can go on all day, man. I could probably go on another two hours here with you. Well, listen, get ready for the Luchis, because Luchis are usually like a four-hour show. Great, great. Two nights? Two nights? Right now. So, uh, well, we, I think uh, what we're going to do for the Luchis this year, I think we're going to break it up into two parts. We'll do like a, a part one, a night one, and a night Listen, two. Listen, the Luchis is ju- is too big for just <laughs> one show. <laughs> big one. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I think we're going to do that. We're going to do the Luchis night one and night two. Too big for just one. Night two. What? Why, why did we get the return of Ghost of Leo, Leo? Because I was working on some graphics that we needed and some social media stuff that I was putting out. You know what I mean? Just doing stuff, bro. Working. Stuff. Moving. Bitches, working. bitches ain't ready. Be, bitches be ain't ready. Ghost. Bitches be ain't the ready. Ghost. They're not ready. They're not ready. At all. I'm telling you, dude. I'm going to add the ghost of Leo on the bio. <laughs> I won't have to show that. It's good. But, uh, I like it. I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely put that on the bio. The return of Ghost of Leo. There you go. Yo, the outro is long as hell today. Maybe we should cut it down. No, why? Maybe it's a computer that you're using. No, it's the same. Go. All right. For the old man, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> for the analyst of the LOC, Ryan Radar. Yeah. I'm your truly Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Radar and stay tuned.